when someone shoot you in the head and make it your podcast. Hey, hey. Bambino! David is hey. oh, throwing a baseball cap as if it is pizza dough, pizza. spinning it over his head. Ben, can we try a second take of that? And I don't think you should feel any need to be bashful on the accent. Okay, so you're saying you're really Kevin Klein. It's just 1990. Klein it. Someone yeah. asked uh-huh. you to play an Italian American. Go full Luigi on it. When someone to shoot you in the head, I'm making a podcast. <laughs> One of the many things I find fascinating about this movie is I would say Kevin Klein, amongst all living actors, mm. is at the absolute top tier in diction, right? Mm-hmm. When I think about Kevin Klein, I'm like, that guy speaks clearly (laughs) that guy fucking enunciates he hits syllables you're like that is a classically trained man yeah and then him trying to do a silly accent on top of that you cannot stop hearing the pizza box guy caricature voice (laughs) fighting against his sort of like mid-atlantic play to the back of the house i would agree Yes, he wants to be Shakespearean, but, but also he, yes. pizza man. He looks like he's having fun. He, he looks the, like something, all right. The man is no question having fun. <laughs> he's having a blast. He's having a blast. He's having a good time. I think everyone in this movie is kind of having fun. Yeah. I'm uh, looking down. Fun, 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 fun. Yeah, everyone's having fun. Yep, yep. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. they're going for it. People are going for it. <laughs> what is this? What are we doing what here? What is, is going on? What's happening? Yes. Well, guys, hello. Welcome to Blank Check with Griffin and David. That's Griffin. That's David. Hey. And who's this? It's me, Ben Hosley, the producer. Producer Ben. Producer Ben. Ben Deucer. Yeah. Producer Ben. Oh, yeah. We're, oh, the nicknames are back. Poet Laureate. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm not looking at the list. The Tiebreaker. Birthday Benny. Dirtbike Benny. Wishful Benny. Yeah. Yeah. The Commish. The Commish. Uh, what do we call The Fiddler? Is that what we called it? The Futzer? The Futzer. The Futzer. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. These are... These are just some of the many nicknames. Fuckmaster. We, we've kind of uh, really abandoned this. Yeah. Not Professor Which Christie. is okay. Close personal friend of Dan Lewis. Of course. The voice of reason. Yes. Apparently Which like, I don't think no that's true that's like, I think that's true anymore. No, I think it's more true is? than ever. moved on? I don't know. Retired okay. to Marie? different titles over the course of different Marie is not the voice of No, reason. she isn't. Yeah. Producer Ben Kenobi. Ben Knight Shyamalan. Come on, Kylo Ben. Kylo Ben. Ben Saeed. Ely Benz with a dollar sign. There's no way you're going to be anything. able to get to the deep cut. No, no. Like, um, or the, the back half of this. Uh, we've I'm, barely... I'm, I'm not going to get order right, but I'm just going to throw them out there. Ben 19, the Fennel Maker. Yeah. Uh, Robo Haas. Yep. Mr. Ben Credible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hasika of, of the Jersey oh, of the Ditch. A Ditch of the Jersey. I ditch guess. of the Jersey. I don't know. Uh, Beetle Vape Juice. Sure. Which, I mean, Lauren Bobert has taken that one away from you. <laughs> Many people have made that joke. That already. is a good point. Lauren Bobert fucking big dogged you on that title. I I have no comment. We might that? have to relitigate Bert. Remember that? What's that? She thought she could do that because of the writer's strike. That's my take. She's like that no late one, night wouldn't be able to make jokes. Yeah, about no one's it. gonna call me on this because there's no late. Like this is late night fodder, and they're all on strike. So Lauren, I'm gonna go get fondled at Beetlejuice. Yeah, she gave a hand job and smoked a vape at a touring production of Beetlejuice the Musical. <laughs> She is Beetle Vape Juice now. She is officially Beetle Vape Juice. Yeah. It's just so funny that she was kicked out for vaping and was like, yes. I didn't vape. And they were like, we have the footage. Not only did you vape, but we, we there's so much other stuff. You were rubbing dicks and he was grabbing titties. <laughs> what are you talking about? The vaping is now immaterial. Like, yes. Okay. Anyway, uh, do you have any more? Warhaws? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Christopher Nolan. 
uh, uh, Ben Ben Hosley met Sally. I mean, okay, yes, but I was trying to prompt you on Nolan. Uh, producer Bane. Yes. Uh, producer Brooks. Bane. Brooks is, fuck. Uh, it's not I'll do Benny thing. No, although. Fuck. That'd be pretty good. <laughs> what is it? Uh, As Ben is ba- it? Banglish. Banglish, of course. Because I defended Spanglish. Yeah, you yes. like that movie. Uh, eat, drink, Ben Hosley. Uh, uh, we, uh, Nancy Myers, did you do that one? The Hosley. Michael Mann. Michael Mann is, Fuck. It There's is. so much more to do, though, too. I know. Give me and a, this is, keep going. Tell me which movie. 2009 crime film set in Chicago. Public enemies. Um, uh, oh, Jonathan this is Demme. fun. This is actually kind of turned into like like the box game, office. Right? Yeah, now it's yeah. become the box office oh, yeah. game. Okay. Jonathan John, Demme. The movie just got released. Stop making bends. Yes, okay. With a uh, Z. That's the joke there. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, George yeah. Miller. George Miller would be... Uh, um, is it Ben Pig is his kitty? Correct. We yeah. changed from Haas Pig in the city. Yeah, that's much better. Um, uh, did we do <laughs> Gina Prince Bythewood? Uh, would be uh, the secret life of Ben's, but that's the one with the C? Yeah, correct. Okay. Uh, Zemeckis. Zemeckis would be. Oh, I don't know. I don't even remember us picking this. Really? Uh, give me, give me the movie. Back to the Future Part Three. Ben to the future part of Ben Ben to the Hosley part three. That seems made up to me. Yeah, I think we forgot that one. Uh, else Musker and Clements. Musker and Clements would be um uh their first film. Their first film. The great the great uh mouse fart detective. Right. Yeah. Oh, we Elaine forgot May. that title fart detective that's riffing off of. Elaine May would be Hilariously, I am currently wearing the nickname shirt. Oh wow. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um Elaine May would be the fucking what? It's the heartbreak kid. It's the the Haas break kid, apparently. Great. I don't know. For Singleton, we did Ben's and the Haas. So this is kind of right. Oh, that's the one with the (laughs) C. This is sort of like when the nicknames, right? Like I'm my hand, I'm gesturing sort of like a slow decline. (laughs) It's a pretty fast decline, (laughs) I think. Uh, And there's plenty more because we did recently sort of have to rapid fire come up with a bunch. Yeah, that was a good one. It's like Ben Scape from New Haas. Yeah, funny. Bronco Hosley, that's actually good. That's actually incredible. For Campion. Haas the Great and Powerful. Suggestion. It yeah, was. Good. Uh, for Raimi, that was obvious. All yeah. that Haas for Spassi. Yeah, two Zs. Haas 9000 for Kubrick. Funny. Good. Bone Sound Daddy uh, for uh, uh, Selleck. Yeah. Funny. B2 yeah. Ben spotting for Boyle. I bet we could that we could swing back mm. around on that one, I think. <laughs> Maybe send the Icarus to, to, to check out 28 what Ben's happened later. with Icarus 1. <laughs> and then Scumbum Jr. for Ben oh, Keaton. Sure. sure. That's okay. pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. Um, but then, who did we do after Buster Keaton? We did uh, Park Chan Wook. We didn't figure that one out. Oh no. God! All and right, then well, what about Fincher? We haven't figured that one out. Let's let's get into the. Wait, episode. You, you don't like us completely derailing your episode? What with about this fucking nonsense? I got a pitch. Yeah, Seben. Seben for Fincher. Hmm. Seven. <laughs> that, hmm. That's fine by me. And the B is uppercase and backwards. Seven. Okay. Anyway, uh, seven. for anyone who's still listening to the episode, two, two people, two, two people. Um, this is blank check. Sympathy for Mister Fuckmaster. It's a podcast about movies and and directors. Mm-hmm. Wow, I never do this. Yep. And I've heard it so many times. You know, people think it's easy. Yeah. They think. Okay. Gonna... <laughs> Everyone thinks they could do it themselves if they were given the All right, chance. This podcast Mr. is about directors. Mr. Directors... Vengeance 
for, oh, for yeah. Park Chan. Sympathy oh. for Mr. Benjamins. That's good. Great. We're all fucking caught up. Well, we have to do Fincher, but okay. I'd seven. Oh, seven. There we go. Perfect. Oh, my God. Wow. It's never been a more perfect suggestion. Uh, uh, go ahead. This is it's a podcast a, about directors, or Ailey Benz through directors with a dollar who signs. have mass success or issued a series of blank checks to make whatever kind of passion project they want. Sometimes passion. they clear and sometimes they bounce, baby. Boink. And this is a special one-off episode, a palate cleanser, if you will. It's a mm -hmm. Ben's Choice episode. Now, occasionally on the show, our glorious hosts hand the reins over to me to choose yes. a, a film. We had, look, end of the year, couple new releases coming out we had to cover. And our next miniseries, which we will have announced at this point, is Barbara Streisand. Babs, baby. Babs, baby. Yes. Is a short one. So it felt weird to start it and then interrupt it almost immediately right, for the new releases. These, we're doing this, and then we got some, right, new releases to right. do. We had right. basically one open slot that it had been driving us mad for a long time, trying to figure out what to put in here. And I think we should we should get into a little bit of the backstory. There was a little bit of a power struggle here in deciding the Ben's choice. Is that fair to say? That's for suppose so. Yeah. Ben in confidence. Ben was throwing out a lot of ideas. I have many ideas. But also in confidence, Ben threw out to you and to I. I would say not in confidence, but okay, go just finish your sentence and then I'll it was to, no, it was in confessional. <laughs> to, Much like the way this movie opens. Yes. <laughs> ben confessing I'm he's such too a horny, horny boy. <laughs> uh, bye bye. Pizza. Yes. What well, uh, in confidence? Ben, ben said is, to each of us. You know what I've been thinking could maybe make a Ben's choice, a good make Ben's choice. And to each of us, he pitched a movie that he knew that we like, we loved, is sort of a pet cause for us, a recent film that, fingers crossed, is a franchise starter. Paw Patrol. Not Paw Well, that's Patrol. on your long list. Yeah. Okay. Well, you pitched Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, the great, the great film. Of 2020, which you very much want to boost, which I want to boost and would love to talk about, and it's also, a, but I want Ben's enthusiasm of on course. Mike. Yeah, uh, but you pitched that to me at Marie's wedding. Griffin was there; he may not have been paying attention though. No, I no, I remember him pitching it to me, but then like a month later, Ben w says to me, "You know what? I also think could make a good Ben's choice. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris." That's true, and I'm like, I want to fucking give that movie full blank check shine because these are both films that I now. Own, I, like, I like these movies and watch, not regularly because I'm not like someone who I you know I I've I've revisited both sure. of them a couple of times. Both of these movies need sequels. They do and could use our support. Well, Dungeons and Dragons has got to get a sequel, right? Uh, it's it's in the my tweener guess, state my financially. Guess would be no, it's uh, right on the cusp. Although I this, these in this Hollywood, crazier things have happened. Yeah. I suppose uh, and because uh, it's fun. And yeah. I, I mean, like that. I like that movie a lot. Yeah, and Mrs. Harris went to Paris, and, and that is true. She could go several other places if given the chance. Yes, sure. So there's this kind of tug of war Suburbs going of Paris, on. Paris, other parts of France. Of both of us trying to like sway you towards one or the other, and then David one day comes in and says, "You know what? I've been thinking about it. We've been getting this all wrong." We've been putting our thumbs on the scale. This is not the spirit of the Ben's choice. The spirit of the Ben's choice is him pulling out something we would never think I of. I was like, Ben chooses. Yes. Ben's choice. Because you were kind of doing the, like, what do you guys think? Like, this, that, like, what should we do? You know, you were, you were, you thrown into the group, and I said, that's not the spirit of this. That's not the spirit. You choose. And you sit, you know, so I said this to you. I said, like, Ben's choice, sit down. And you were like, 
All right, well, let me think. And this is often the state of the Ben's choice, is he pitches a couple movies that feel like safe picks. I like the Simpsons movie. Yeah, I sure, like, that's I come like, up uh, many times. Uh, Don't Look Back. Right, which is, would be fun. Right, and we go, Ben, Ben, what's the real Ben's pick? And then it's like he closes his eyes, <laughs> he goes into another space, and he pulls a title you never could predict out of the ether. <laughs> and that title happened to be... Well, you gave us three options. No, but he, but he didn't really. No. Because no. this was we the first thing he said, and we were like, what? He gave us this one <laughs> and two buffer options. He said, like, I would also do my cousin Vinny. And what was the third one? I can't even remember. It doesn't matter. It was yeah. all I was hearing at that point was like, meh, 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 meh. it didn't matter. The thing was, I was like, Ben, you know, you're supposed to choose. It's Ben's yes. choice. Yes. So what do you want? And I was partly saying, like, look, if it's one of these two movies, just pick one. Sure. But I was also like, it's Ben's choice. Yes. And you sit down and Get think you have a dog. Our voice is out of your ears. And you just said, I love you to death. And I was like, what? Right. And Griffin was like, what? But I also was like, of course. <laughs> no, but we were both like... I was surprised, but I, immediately it's like, this makes perfect sense. Well, yes. yeah, it does make sense because it's it's it checks all the boxes when you compare it to past uh, Ben's choices in that it's, uh, you know, a sketch comedian vehicle. Uh-huh, for Tracy. For Tracy. It's, it's a like movie that. about an incredibly confident moron, <laughs> which I feel like is a big that is hustling through. Well, I never off. really thought of it like that way. Like a violently mean, confident moron. Action cinema's most confident moron, Steven Seagal, yes. has been represented <laughs> in Ben's Choice. Yes. Uh, you have, um, you know, uh, uh, I love, you know, Men Who Knew Too Little, that's uh -huh. a very confident moron. Yes. Uh, I suppose Clifford, I wouldn't call Clifford a moron. He's kind no. of a genius. Joe Dirt, Joe Dirt is similarly. Yes, Joe Dirt. Yeah. Absolutely. But the heart of a poet, Joe Dirt, of, of course. course. Yeah. yeah. And Fletch, well, he's not a moron. No, Fletch very is actually confident. very smart and he's working overtime. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So but you just look at Guile, any... kind of a confident moron. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, you look at any poster for this movie from, uh, there's several floating around there between like the VHS poster, you know, the cover, the DVD, the theatrical poster, all of these, this lineup of faces. The cast of this movie, the way they're styled and the expressions they're making, mm -hmm. all surrounding, usually there's a pizza somewhere in the poster. Oh, yeah. It just feels like such a Ben thing. As you said to me the other day, this is just one of those movies I watched five times in one summer. Pretty much. Yeah. Because it, it was on TV? It was on Comedy Central. Yeah, so, right. A few people since I've learned that you wanted to do this have said, I've said, we're doing an episode I love you to death. And they've all been like, oh, I love that movie. Hell and yeah. I'm like, why do you love who, that movie? Who are these Not heroes? <laughs> Name them. <laughs> Put them on the wall of honor. It's the opposite of a blacklist. It's a green list. <laughs> and I think it's always the same answer of like, yeah, that movie was on TV all the time. Sure. Yeah. Um, although one of my friends watched it during a Kleinathon, okay. which I was also intrigued to hear about. Like yeah. she was like, oh no, during COVID, me and my roommate, we watched every fucking Klein movie. Yeah. Um, and I, I imagine this really pops in a Kleinathon because was you're that like, a first Kevin. watch for them or was it a I think that was a, that was a first watch. David, give me you, you. Was that a first watch for them or was it a recline? David, sure you don't want me to talk over that. <laughs> David, was that a first watch for them or was it a recline? Shall we recline? <laughs> and then they like they're both in Barca loungers. <laughs> yes. Going all the way back. They don't even look at the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what, oh, I love you to death. Um, my joke to you at the moment you picked this movie was 
I just imagined the 90s basic cable meeting. Yes. Where they're like, all right, you know, who wants it? Jurassic Park bids like crazy, right? And then like, it's hour eight. And they're like, I love you to death. And Comedy Central's like, I'll give you 10 bucks. And they're like, yep, that's fine. All right. You know, like, you know, like the, the, the pile of VHSs is down to the last few, right? Yes. I mean, look, a lot of the movies you pick for Ben's Choices are films that you saw many, many times on TV rotation. You talk about the porch classics and the VHSs, but a lot of these are, these are being programmed on cable. I mean, I did see this on a porch. Okay. In Florida. Wow, this is a twist. Like we grandma Meridian porch. This yeah. is a grandma porch. Did she? A grandma porch. But she didn't own it. It was on TV. Right? It was on TV. Rocking but chair. Did you like go? Or did stationary. you go to see your grandma? Adirondack chair. Oh, wow. Oh, I love an Adirondack chair. Yeah. That's a that's a recline. Right that's there. a recline. Oh, those things are at a re- angle. And imagine the physical comedy Kevin could do if you put him in one of those bad boys. <laughs> I'm just, did you get to your grandma's house and she was like, do you want to watch a movie? And you're like, why is your TV inside? And she was like, oh, right. (laughs) Lugged it out to the porch. No, my grandma, they lived in a trailer park. Oh, so they had to, had to. And they had a, you know, this screened in porch where they did most of their watching. I mean, Florida though, it's hot. Hot. Yeah. A hot TV, hot to the touch. Yeah, exactly. Right, that TV, 90s TV, that's that, that thing's going. It's warm. Black remote control must have burned your fingers if you tried <laughs> well, to change there's channels. There's a ceiling fan, and they eventually okay. got it closed in. They got it yeah, air-conditioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Remember how, like, the old TVs, but though you put your hand near the them static, and it would start to zap. fuzz? Yeah, yeah, like the static noise. Oh, I love that. So love it would make your hair kind of stand yeah. up. Yeah. Give you a Kramer. Yo, one time, or this is actually a thing I did many times, is mm. if, if you found a TV on the side of the road... We would uh, pick it up, drive it to the dump. I okay. didn't litter, but sure. it was really cool to throw them. Oh yeah, just to smash and watch them explode. Oh sure, yeah. I my friend, I remember this very clearly. Uh, got his got a new toilet once, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. In his house, uh-huh. and had to get rid of the old toilet. Yeah. And the plumber was like, "Yeah, just you know, you gotta smash it and then throw it away." Cool. <laughs> and he was like, "How do I smash it?" And the plumber's like. Easy, I'll tell you. What you're gonna do is you're gonna lift it up, and then you're gonna throw it down. <laughs> he was like, oh, "Wait, are you serious?" And the plumber was like, "Yeah, that's what you got to do." And, and he was like, "It was the most sm- satisfying smashing of my life." Smash the toilet. To me. I that didn't. Really I, cool. You know, I didn't realize that it was that easy to smash a toilet. Well, they're made of porcelain. Yeah, and I think it was an old toilet. Right. It was probably like. But if a, you sat hard enough, could you smash it with your ass? Well, I, I mean, this is a tangent. I don't. I mean that. Yeah. Ben, do you want to talk about the movie? Tweet at, all? at the show. I, I, Twitter's <laughs> barely this usable is like at this two point. Two hours just on that. If we really want to dig into that. Oh man, I just got a cursed email from good people at Universal. Okay. Trolls band together together critic screenings. Ooh. Some people have messaged us that there's a new pop up experience for Trolls band together. Oh, you guys gotta go. You gotta go. The word gotta definitely does not need to be deployed right hmm. now. I think we gotta. <laughs> no, I think you have to. I think it's required. I think we must. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, uh, could you smash the toilet? I think you would need to be remarkably heavy to do that. I think it's, well, again, tweet if you, were, show, if you were high enough in the air sure. and you came down. That's got to hurt, though. Yeah. You have to have a hard ass. 
there was a point during the pandemic where I was really, you know, I was putting my toilet to work. Oh, God. And I started noticing, like, creaking sounds. <laughs> like, I never broke it, but it was like, I haven't gained weight. I've, in fact, lost weight in lockdown. Mm -hmm. I clearly am just shitting too hard. Wow. That this is starting to put strain on the thing. The point is. The point is. There are certain types of movies. I, I had this phenomenon as a child. And I don't know if you felt this way as well, Ben. But I remember like sometimes being on my fourth watch of some movie that was just constantly in rotation on my favorite channels mm -hmm. and turning to my dad and being like, is this movie a classic? <laughs> because they're airing it on TV as if it's important. Yes. As sure. if it's the Wizard of Oz yeah. and they just know it's going to hit. And he was just like, no, this is like no one really cared about this when it came out. Like, I didn't understand the concept of what you're saying, David, of just like either this movie came in a bundle Right. With like right. four other movies that people wanted the rights for at that channel. And they also had to take this fifth one. Or Comedy Central, I think often, especially in like the 90s, would just be like, give us the titles no one else yeah, wants. Exactly. We'll pay you nothing. We need yes. but, to fill space. But the name of the network is Comedy Central. Yes. And so com it was central, comedy that central is to their central business. To, to to all of us. This is the center of American comedy is every film we position. That's where you're going to see those kinds of movies. Yeah. So, yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. I was like, well, I know who Tracy Ullman is because I know that The Simpsons started on her show. Yes. So I knew that much. Right. And I just, yeah, assumed that this was just like a fun. I mean, I also like dark, like black you know, comedies. And this is a, like, a this black felt comedy. Like a little, this is a movie about murder. Yeah, this felt like Moida. a little kind of, Moida. you know, like uh, fucked up, you know, like a fucked up movie. Look, so we, I was excited by that. We've yeah. talked about this. We've covered some films that fall into this category, but this thing of like big studio, all-star ensemble, pitch black comedies about crime and or murder right. that flop so hard yeah. and audiences respond by saying like, fuck you, how dare you? Why would you think I'd like that? Right. This movie did not do very well. No. It made, it made $15 million. That's more than I make. Yeah. That's you true. Know? And it was in 1990. I didn't make any money in 1990. I was, I was an active drag on my family, actually. I was losing money in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, they were feeding me hey, peanut butter and jelly or whatever the hell. This didn't look like it cost a lot. No, but it's got a big cast. And it's like Owen Roysman shot it. Andy yeah, Coates cut it. Because it's made by, a, a at the that time, still a major director. We have a lot of careers to talk about in this oh episode. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, but here's the thing. Yeah. Because like, we should just get into business at hand. Yeah. But just to sort of wrap up on our preface, I mean, I think what works out with this movie is it has a lot of avenues for us to explore. Ben, you do not have to, for one second, defend your choice of I Love You to Death. One of the great films, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, watching this movie was, it felt like trying to, like, lead the JFK investigation. <laughs> Like, from the assassination where I'm just, like, all these threads here that I need to, like, follow in different places. Like, every two minutes, something would happen on screen that would make me, like, spiral off into thinking Right, be like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. You can't just bring that in And now. sometimes it's textual within the film itself. Sometimes it's thinking about, like, what was this person doing at this point in their career? How did this movie get made? But just, I just got to say that this was a, this was such a comfort to revisit yeah. 
I had not watched it in a long time. Truly, yeah. I think I hadn't really revisited it since the 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 summer of like I love you to death. Yeah. And <laughs> they don't make summer. they don't make comedies like this anymore. They certainly they do just not. really don't. They and straight up don't make movies like it's that. It's like so well, broad. That's a good question. It's so um there's like something about it, it's like it's so fucking simple. I, I just I, This I, movie is simple. It's that's so true. Fucking simple and basic. I, yeah. I like that it was just like it's, I like that it's just this very straightforward farce. It's and it's not like farce is the word, and it, yes. you could see this being adapted from a play yeah. on the West End. Yeah, right? that's possible. It almost makes more sense than it being adapted from a real true crime story. I know, which is crazy too. But like, we'll how much of this movie that. just takes place basically in the bedroom with different characters, like running in and running out and doing different shit, yeah. and a situation escalating in a very controlled way? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you're right about everything you're saying. I'm Thank just you. looking up current black comedies, but like, it's you know, I'm trying to find like recent examples, right? Yeah. But it's giving me things like Promising Young Woman, which is barely a comedy. Yes. Uh, and obviously is like a movie that is trying to make a very blunt, allegorical point. The Coen brothers are the people who have been the best at doing this type of thing, but they Obviously. do it in a more elevated way and, they're and less commercially. Not really doing it right now. Right. And we've you know, talked Clooney about... Clooney sort of tried to imitate them yes. once. It didn't really work. We've talked about DeVito is one of the only guys who was able to make these movies work with a mainstream public, like, but then even by Death of Smoochie, he got the full fuck you, how dare you treatment and was scared off of making movies. Like, anymore. this movie is, like, bullshit, and I say that fondly. Yes. So, like, something like, you know, Black Klansman or Promising Young Woman or Summer no, Who Bother You, those that's are, not like, what we're talking about. allegorical films, the political films, you know, something we're talking, like... talking, I mean, Lucky Numbers, which we covered on the show. A simple favor. Again, it's like, yes, that movie has, like, comic tone, sort sure. of, but that's being presented more as a drama. Like, yes. it's like a melodrama. No, what was the other one I was just thinking? Very Bad Things. Well, that's from, like, 25 years ago. No, no, I'm not talking present day. I'm, I'm talking... trying to think of this kind of, I mean, the menu... That's what I was thinking. The menu's Even closer, that, but it's that so has much like more, a prestige yes. sheen to yes. it. I mean, Triangle guess, sadness. But you know what? I guess this kind of does, too, in, a, in its cast, and like you say, like, the crew... But it doesn't really in its tone. No, but Triangle it also, of Sadness. Or, it that's also like an art feels movie. like yeah. it feels yeah. like the mixed nuts thing where they're like, we're pitching this to the malls of America. But right? Like, they're not like we're doing something really elevated and sophisticated here. This feels like everyone involved being like, I just want to have fun. And yeah. then they're building that uh, vehicle for fun around like incredibly dark shit. Yeah. Like, and then being surprised that people don't go for it other than Ben rediscovering it. This is not a perfect comparison, but Cocaine uh -huh. Bear. Sure. Obviously, that was more of like an action horror comedy, right? Yeah. It's very violent. And, but that is kind of like this where it's like we've vaguely ripped something from the headlines. Yeah. Which this is vaguely ripped from the no, headlines. No, you're right. Yeah. And like we've got a bunch of actors, you know, yeah. and a bunch of silly stuff is going to happen, and you are not going to take it seriously. Cocaine Bear has more, I mean, it's got the unique thing of the sort of like postmodern pre memification of the movie kind of thing. And also, you didn't see Cocaine Bear, did you, Ben? I did not. My no. big didn't, he didn't hit want to do that. on Cocaine Bear, a movie that I think drinks duck piss. It's not very good. Is that it's basically like a trauma movie made by someone who's never watched a trauma movie. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. There's just something off about that movie. Yes. Which sort of confirms, and I don't think it's like the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah. But I didn't like it. Yeah. And I was kind of like, 
this proves that this is hard to do. Like, I also yeah. think that movie is trying to like shock the audience into like, I can't believe they put this in a movie. Whereas movies like Lucky Numbers, Very Bad Things, like Love You to Death, you know, whatever scale of like bad test, taste they're playing in, they're also like, we believe we can frame these situations in a way that is guilt-free comedy, right? Where yeah, you're like, the perversity like, of the situation just leads to laughs. I can We're just... not trying to challenge you. And audiences are always like, why am I laughing about this? My grandma could see any of those movies, maybe not very bad things. Yeah, that's the most extreme one. Drowning um, Mona. Drowning Mona. One Night at McCool's. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ice We're, Harvest. I'm thinking about movies that are like all-star casts and murders involved. Mm -hmm. And, um, and all, the tone like, of that your is... Your grandma's there in the mall yeah. seeing this movie and going like, oh, this is unbelievable. How dare they? Yeah, but she's not that mad. She's sure. like, oh, with the Meshuggah, you know, hit he had it coming you know, to right. yeah. Yeah, 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 that yeah. dirty dog, right? So, you know, God bless a movie like I Love You to Death existing. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what's also wild it does partly exist because of the man who made it. I, I assume. Yes. Well, this is the other thing I want to say. Lawrence, Larry Kasdan, Lawrence Kasdan, a director who certainly qualifies as a blank check director. What's his blank check? I don't disagree with you. What's Probably his wider. blankest check is wider. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but like Dreamcatcher's a fucking blank check movie. But that has a king, like Wyatt Earp is him being like, I want to make a Wyatt Earp movie. It's going to be long and expensive. And sure. like studios being like, we don't, okay. I mean, I sure. I think just Costner's you know. a co-signer in Wyatt Earp in the same way yeah. that King is for Dreamcatcher. Yeah. I'd say Silverado's a certain kind of blank Silverado's check, especially blank considering check. it's a it's a dormant genre at that point. Beyond that, Silverado is just like you've made two hits now, it's, and you've written a bunch of them. Right. What do you want to do? Right, um, Ben. How do much Silverado. do you know about uh, Larry Kasdan's career? I don't know very much. So his first produced screenplay is The Empire Strikes Back. That is correct. Heard of it? Huh. Have like, you heard of it? He is a guy who's like writing scripts. It, that's episode. I want to say. Four? Five. 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 He is a guy one. who is like a, a, a hot screenwriter who hasn't gotten a project made yet, right? Yeah. And Lucas is like, I'm aware that I need to step back, let other people direct these Star Wars movies, let other people write them, and just sort of oversee them. And he hires Lawrence Kasdan to write The Empire Strikes Back. A guy who's like, I don't know sci-fi. That's what he talks like. He does talk like He that. talks like but, but remember... Kasdan had already written another script. But well, Lucas hires him because he had written um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which comes out after right. Empire, but they had that script. Uh, Spielberg what, what is discovered the spec script? Kasdan. Yeah, okay, so how did it's they discover called him? called Continental yet? Divide, and it was eventually directed oh, by it, Michael Apta. It stars the, John Belushi. Yes, yes. Never seen it. I haven't like either, but that was comedy. John Belushi trying to sell him as a more straight-laced right. romantic leading man. Right. I think uh, it's supposed to be fine. He... But he's, he's like a comedy spec writer okay. who then Spielberg and Lucas discover and are like, we want you to write Indiana Jones and Star Wars. And Crazy. he nails both of them. Right? Yeah. Two scripts Wait, that what are Indiana just... Indiana Jones? The, the first, first one. one. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, he's like, are you fucking he's like no. we have this content. I mean, obviously that movie's also written by Philip Kaufman, right? Um, but in both cases, because Empire Strikes Back starts out as the couple, I'm forgetting their name. The Brackets. Uh, yes. Lee Brackett is obviously the other credit writer in that cases, one. In both cases, it was like ideas that were developed by Spielberg and Lucas. Yep. They hire people to write them. They're like, these scripts aren't working. Here's this guy. Yeah, they need work. Right, yeah, who's yeah. got this good spec script. And he gets like full credit for saving both of those movies and like contributing the things that everyone loves about them. It is not his background. He's like, I don't know genre stuff. And he writes these two scripts where people are like, well, you could like teach 
classes on these films. This is the model that everyone's working off of in writing blockbuster films. This is the ideal in terms of like the balance of humor and story structure and drama and all of that. So like he's now like the most valuable screenwriter in Hollywood, despite these two projects basically being outside of his wheelhouse. Um, he's he talks like this. Yeah, like he talks like that. Um, but that gives him the blank check to start making his own movies. He's from Miami. Uh, Body Heat comes out the same year as Raiders. Body Heat. Have you heard of Body Heat, Ben? No. You'd probably dig it. It's a You'd good movie. It. Body Heat rules. It's like a neo-noir with Kathleen Turner. It comes William out Hurt the same Dance year as Raiders and, wow. and Continental Divide. Looking at pictures of Hurt in this. He's. Whew. Yeah. This uh, is a. Kathleen this is Turner, a no such movie. It is a hot movie. But even um, this is a pivot of like the the Raiders Empire guy. Beyond that, it's him being like, hey, I want to do like a steamy neo-noir that's essentially, I mean, it's a remake of Double Indemnity, like, you know, an old-fashioned yeah. noir. And but like, but they fuck in this. They movie. really like fuck. rather than it being the sex is textual. Right. Like uh all under the surface. And that's like not particularly cool genre no but he makes it cool that movie's a huge hit he you know toddles back over to fucking you know california yeah. to northern california and farts writes out return, return of, the of the jedi, jedi. <laughs> just farts it out um you know he he is considers himself kind of like the uh auteur of han solo like he's like that's really my character like is you know like whatever because to jump ahead he ultimately becomes the main creative force on the solo movie right which he's is him being like, like i'm reclaiming my boy Oh, okay. uh, you know, I write the dialogue for him better than anyone, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, Do you think that he went into it thinking that you would have to keep keep it cold? Freezing. The coaxium? Yeah. I mean, I mean. I mean or maybe I, I do could, you think he was like lukewarm? Well, we should make it fair. To... He's also the father of coaxium. <laughs> His baby. <laughs> he is. The, but like, I mean, he, he got the idea because in 1983 when he wrote Return of the Jedi, he also wrote and directed a film called The Big Chill. Right. Oh, right. He'd written Body Heat first so, and he, he was getting like, a little sweaty. Right, can someone turn on a fan in here? Still not working. I guess I have to write the big chill. I want to chill out. <laughs> have you seen the big chill? I have, and I it was something I watched with my parents. Just like they loved seminal baby yeah, boomer. Yeah, the, the, they bo loved the boomer that classic. Movie. Yes. it has a fantastic soundtrack. Right. A famous right. soundtrack. Just mopey white adults listening to Motown, and everyone's like, "Finally, a movie for us." Yeah. He's spoken to us. He's captured the it's moment. A good movie. Yes, I'm pro also, chill. Here's the other thing with Kasdan. He always was putting together unbelievable ensemble casts. So the big chill has William Hurt again. Mm -hmm. Much like uh, Body Heat, and it's got a lot of other great actors. Klein, Goldblum, um, Kevin Klein, who he's going to carry over. Uh, Tom Berenger, Mary Kay Place, you yeah. know, Meg Tilly, Joe. Kevin Williams. Costner, a corpse in deleted he's scenes. He's not in the film. In right. deleted scenes, I said. We've never seen them. I didn't say seen deleted he, scenes. He's. I've. I'd, a lot of big chill nerds, I think, are like. Did it ever happen? Does he have to? No, no, they exist. But like, does he have to die for us to see this scene? Oh, interesting. Because the big chill. I believe ended with this super long scene where you finally see um, Costner. Sure, like the uh, it's sort of like the end of the Godfather, yeah, part two or whatever. It's like, and now we'll finally let you see the guy the they've all been talking Nights, about, right? Where you finally see. And Kasdan was like, "I love the scene. Costner's good in it, but like, 
it, it's not the right completely the fucking movie. deflates sure. the movie, right? Yeah. And so they just cut. And that movie actually has a weirdly abrupt ending. And they didn't even put it on like the criterion. They've disc. never let it out. Yeah. And I think it's kind of Kazan being like, I feel like it would be mean to Costner to do yeah. this or whatever. But like, I'd love to see it. But this Kazan like develops really strong relationships with movie stars. Right. A, he's like discovering a lot of people at like the moment they're about to pop. And B, those people just clearly, they come back to him over and over again. They love working with him. So he's just always assembling, like, absurd amounts of talent. Um, so after... But, like, notice, he's he's gotten this, like, Lucasfilm sort of guarantor. And then he's like, great, I'm off to the races making the types of movies for grown-ups. Movies for grown-ups. That I want. I'm not trying to, like, cash in on the fucking... Like the the blockbuster shit. I'm not picking up those rewrite jobs because he could. At least not publicly. He sure. could easily. Both. Yes. I mean, I he had could. no idea. Both. Those are. Have you heard of them? Those are massive films. That they he's did written. okay. Yeah, yeah, they did all right. Yeah, but no. Instead, he does Big Heat and Big Chill, and it's like, okay, this guy is the finger on the pulse of '80s yuppies, right? Who are you know who we care about right, right. now? And he wants to make like adult character dialogue driven dramedies. And then, like, go to sort of dead genres like the noir, the western. Right. So, know? right next, he's like, I want to make a western. He makes Silverado. It stars Kevin Klein and Kevin Costner. Danny Glover. He casts Costner literally as, as like a, an apology. Make it. Right. And that's uh, the Costner's role. Costner's very hot in that movie. Yes. That is the role that Costner credits with, like, making his entire career. But it's not a hit, it's his first whiff. Uh huh. Uh, it's gets good reviews, but doesn't do well at the box office. So it's kind of seen as is a good movie taking the shot. I've only I've never liked it. I, really, I think it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's pretty fun. I watched it being like, "Here we go, baby," and then I was like, "Oh, this is okay," and I should maybe I'll try it again sometime. Yeah. Then he makes the Accidental Tourist in 1988, which I have never seen. Me neither. Uh, which may you know, uh, William Hurt. Once again, yeah, the big yeah. hurt. Kathleen Turner from uh, yeah. Body Heat again. Gina Davis uh, wins an Oscar. Gina Davis gets her is, right as she's. Popping, ple- she's, peaking. She's kind of a manic pixie dream girl prototype in that movie, I think, and yeah. she wins an Oscar. So he's done. He's had a good eighties, right? We can all agree. Yeah, yeah. He, he starts starts out the with turn three of the, the biggest century, uh, the turn of the decade coming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Three big blockbusters. Two big hits. Yeah. Two interesting. Two interesting movies. One right. of which won an Oscar. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. doing okay. Yeah. He's. Forever, in my opinion, he will forever be considered a screenwriter first. Yes. But he's a decent director. He is. Uh, and he's in that, I mean, Levinson's very much a parallel to him at this time, you know? Okay. These yes. guys who, yeah, start out as writers, kind of learn directing on their feet, mm-hmm. but, like, have a series of films where they're just, like, kind of connecting with the public, by and large. And their whiffs are small scale enough that people kind of grant it to them. Right. Especially when they can always attract such big stars. Right. That it's like they're never going to have a really tough time getting their movies financed. So why does he then take a script he did not write? Yes. About a pizza, a horny pizza man who doesn't get his comeuppance, I right. guess. Who sort of does, who but... cannot be killed. An unkillable, horny <laughs> a, Tacoma pizza man. Let's make this clear. A non-supernatural <laughs> comedy about a horny right. pizza man who can't be killed. That's At no based point on this a movie, true based story. Based on true story. Yes, of sorts. A, a sort of... Uh, At least a, a woman was arrested for trying to kill her husband. A hit gone wrong. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, the the... Baseline of the true story is Ben. You sent us the real yeah news clipping yesterday. Yeah, because um, recently there was some article uh, about how 
57 years later, they're still together. They're still together. Yeah, they, they have a dirt. They yeah. figured it out. This movie was right. This movie was right. The ending of this movie is correct. He loved her to death. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. he will. He still does. He's but, continuing to. But it's based on this true story where um, this scorn woman uh-huh. hired teens uh-huh. to murder her cheating husband. Mm-hmm. When I think teen, I think William Hurt in 1990. Hey, hey. Sorry, carry on. And they tried five different times, yeah. and a lot of the, the ways are portrayed in this movie, tried uh-huh. to hit him with a baseball bat, tried to blow up his car, and then eventually they shot him twice. Right. And neither one took. And neither one took. And, and it's because his wife had given um had given him all of these sleeping pills, which slowed down yes. his heart and kept him alive. So a lot of yeah, a lot of the elements of this real life story are in this script. Not an inherently funny story, but you can see how someone like running down the hallway with a newspaper clip and goes like, "This sounds like real life Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck," you know, or like Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner. They keep on like doing these things to him, and he's surviving all of them. Yeah, a hundred percent. And just you know, yeah, just picture someone in the room being like. And the craziest part of all, it's a real story. Right. And then, like, passing around the newspaper and, like, you know. And he lived so it's not dark. They ended right. up yeah. together. You have this sort of, like, uplift. It's a love story with a weird it. twist, you know, right. whatever. But, yes. Uh, inc- I get that. But it's just odd that he directed Correct. it. Correct. And him directing it, I think, means he gets a big cast. Like, yes. Because it's Larry Caston. everyone he wants. Like, he gets top picks of now, Hollywood. Now, I'm noticing someone he didn't get. Oh? An Italian-American actor. That is true. There is. David, what? Scanning <laughs> up and down. Scanning. <laughs> David's taking out I've a magnifying my, glass. Yeah. A jeweler's I've loop. I've got my jeweler's loop. He's taking a time to be. My, my eye got very big in it. You can see, like, a cartoon. <laughs> Not seeing any Italians. Now, when I was a young boy, yeah, and I watched this, yeah, I found the performance to be um, sort of noticeably a little big, a little big. Yeah. So I remember even at the time being like, yeah. "Is this the pizza box man come to life?" He's also bronzed. Yeah, yeah, he is. His hair too. His they must have dyed his chest yes. hair. Yes, and it's not like he's a, a, right? a fair-haired <laughs> man to begin with. No, but, but he is like, and, he, and he's is a reedy Midwestern yes. wasp. Like, yes. I think he actually one of his parents is Catholic or whatever, and his dad is Jewish. But okay. he reads yes. waspy, like, yes. and maybe it's that later in life he really got cast as a lot of like stuffy guys. But even look at how Caston's used him up until this point, you know? Yeah, but I mean, he's charismatic, s- oh, and I, Italians look, are charismatic. I love Klein. You can Me too. see. Him doing the calculation, Kasdan, right? Like, I love Klein. I've worked with him twice. This guy can do anything. And then you combine that with, this is only coming a couple years after Fish Called Wanda, Wanda. which he wins the Oscar for. And you go like, if you have that guy playing this character, the way he played the character in Fish Called Wanda, it probably works. On paper, you can see that calculation, right? You're like, that is the archetype of what this guy should be like. A sort of like charming, horny doofus. Have you, I assume you've seen a fish called Wanda. I have. Yes. Otto um, is that his character's Otto name? Otto is his name. Uh, he thought the London Underground was a political movement. One of my favorite I mean, uh, jokes. An incredible performance. It's, it is an incredible. Kind of infamously one of the only like pure comedic performances to win an Oscar. Yep. In what was sort of a surprise win, but it was like this thing is just so virtuosic, and the guy is just such like 
Kevin Klein's like one of those actors where I'm like, you're a craftsman. He's, you he, like understand how to act in such like detail. That is true. Yes, that is true. But he's also unbelievably hot in that movie. Yes. Like he's all in black. Well, he's got the stash. He is like stupidly handsome. He's really, really good looking. Yeah. And in the 80s, he was pretty bulletproof on that front. Yes. Again, later he has become a man that Clickhole can do a parody of him saying, my velvets, about the disappearance <laughs> of his rare velvets. My favorite <laughs> Clickhole joke of all time. <laughs> but, like, you know, it, like, in the 2000s on, it's like, yeah, he's Cole Porter. He wears yeah. a cravat. Like, that's his vibe. But in the 80s, it was like, he's a rascal yes. you want to fuck. Like, yes. he's cool. Yeah. I mean, in the big chill, he's kind of nebbishy, I guess. Sure. Because he's like sort of the, you know, but he's still hot in it. And Silverado. Like, I mean, like Sophie's Choice and uh, when he did Pirates of Penzance and stuff, all wow, that was his, playing on him being he's smoking. He's really huh. good in Pirates of Penzance. That was yeah. obviously his breakout. Uh, he was part of the first ever class at Juilliard, Ben. Yeah. Group one, as they call it. Yes, okay. he was He was a Juilliard guy. He was a total hottie. Um, and, uh, he's, he's, uh, playing an Italian guy in this movie. And, uh, so I'm just Googling here for, uh, Italian American mm -hmm. war of the nineties, not mm -hmm. seeing one. Why did the Republic of Italy not declare war on our sovereign nation after seeing this film? <laughs> after this movie. <laughs> like what, what, what international court would stop them? Were they busy? <laughs> hey, uh, we, we declare war on you. It's like, oh, why? It's like, uh, this movie, you think you can slip this by us? You do not think. Display us with the sensitivity. This is just offensive stereotype. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So you've got Kevin Klein. Yes. Okay, he's playing an Italian guy. Yeah. Now Tracy Ullman is actually playing a Yugoslavian. A, 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 right. She's like a Serbo-Croat or whatever, yes. right? Because that's what her mom is. As yeah. Right. So you have two. As British is Joan Plowright. Of, yes. right, of course, neither of them are, are that. Like, there's just. Clear. I just. No, I, wanna, I think Ullman has some. Slavic she, she might. Yeah, Joan Plowright probably. I Let's just want to get this out of the way, and I'm going to get the order wrong. But just the faces on the poster and the names above the title for this movie are Kevin Klein, Tracy Ullman, Joan Plowright, River Phoenix, William Hurt, Keanu Reeves. That feels like a Mad Libs cast in a way that is astonishing and is such a fascinating time capsule of where all of those people's different careers are at that time. Not just that. It's like River and Keanu are going to do My Own Private the Idaho together year. the next year. William Hurt, why the hell is he in this? Well, it's a Larry Kasdan movie. Right. Larry Kasdan made this movie? Yeah, Larry Kasdan made this movie. Uh, Trace Elman, Polish. Oh, uh, okay, Descent. Sure. Okay. Uh, Joan Plowright, of course, also had another name at that point. You guys know what it was? What? The Lady Olivier, because, of course, she is Lawrence Olivier's wife. What? And you think she was, like, going home, and Lawrence is like, how are you doing, my dear? And she's like, yeah, well, another day on the fucking, you know, Let's Kill the Pizza Man movie. <laughs> <laughs> you want to read these sides? <laughs> Uh, she's unbelievable in this movie. To be, I think MVP. I like. She's very. I think I she's like the MVP. I like her a lot. I feel like she's just someone I've seen so much. Yeah, it just yeah. like yeah. she's but just like, solid she, all but the like, time. She was a, a great young British actor. Mm -hmm. She most famous for a Taste of Honey. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, like when she was young and all that. But like. Uh, she became, you know, she would usually play like a stuffy lady who's like, oh, I say, you know, like that was kind of her deal in the 80s and 90s. Yes, I was going to like sort of. Yeah. When Olivier dies, she starts like being like, I will be Mr. Wilson's wife in uh, Dennis the Man. Oh, well, I'm realizing of Olivier course. had died a year before this movie. She probably made it in tribute to him. He never got to see it. 
That's the real tragedy. The real tragedy here is Olivier never got to He's attend like the premiere. Sitting in his armchair, like, okay, Larry, let me uh, let me throw on a Comedy Central for you. Which number is it again? Because she does Enchanted April the yeah. year after this, which, which she gets she, an Oscar nomination, which she probably yeah. like was seen as I think maybe the front runner uh-huh. and loses, of course, to Marissa May. Uh, Marissa Tomei from Marisa. My Cousin Vinny. But um, she's great in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Hurt and Reeves I mean, as, as stoned hitmen. They are the MVPs. I mean, they might be the... They, they're probably the most remembered characters. Probably. They are incredible in this film, and it is astonishing that you can say, the last 30 minutes, William Hurt and Keanu Reeves enter this movie... And they are on the exact same wavelength. To think about where those two guys are in their careers at this moment, fundamentally different actors, fundamentally different places in 1990. And you're like, they come in and they are in lockstep. They are somehow meeting right in the middle. So in sync. It feels like Keanu is being Keanu, right? Like parenthood Keanu. But the best version of Keanu at this time were like three... Three out of every five steps he takes are the wrong steps. And then the two right steps are people being like, fuck, we can't give up on him yet. But when it, he's good, he gets it. It feels like William Hurt just turned a dial in his brain yes. and synced up with him or whatever. Yes. Like that it magically just, he's They're just like, like in the drift together. They're like piloting a Jaeger together. <laughs> they are so good. <laughs> they, they are. I was watching this. The first 15 minutes, I'm like, obviously, this fits into the Hoslian canon, right? What I they, get it. <laughs> Horny, dumb pizza man. <laughs> it begins with pizza dough spinning in the air like that re- revolving sandwiches tumbler. It begins with him in a confessional saying, I can't stop sticking uh, my dick in people. I fuck everyone. How many times have you committed adultery? Today? I don't know. Seven? Like, <laughs> right. And then, as you said, the opening credits happen over like flying pizza dough spinning and then there's like 10 like 10 minutes Italy is already drafting the war legislation at this point right like 10 minutes where he fucks Victoria Jackson Kevin Klein's real life wife Phoebe Cates and uh, Heather Graham Heather Graham uh, I didn't recognize the actress who throws the hat at him out the window (laughs) which is maybe my favorite gag of the movie (laughs) but then it becomes this extended like Almost like death becomes her, he won't stay dead bit, right? Yeah. And I'm watching it and I'm like, I'm kind of losing the total Hosley thread on it. And then when Hurt and Reeves <laughs> enter, I'm like, passed into law. Right, 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 right. This right. Break out the, the, the hammer and chisel. Bronze the Because black. you can put this into yes. marble. Right. Uh, ben... I'm assuming as a young boy, how old were you, are you in that 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 sweltering Florida summer? I gotta be seven or eight. Perfect. What was it, Hurt and Reeves? Who were you were right, right? You were most rooting mm. for. Because mm. mm. on Comedy Central, you <laughs> might yes, <laughs> you weren't like pointing at Plowright and being like, "Did you know she she was married to Lawrence Olivier?" No, no you were no. pointing. At, okay. I was pointing at Keanu's nose ring and being like, "Everything I wish about to look this. like this." Yes, yes, exactly. I was like, "Mom, can I shave my head like that?" His hair. Haircut is so good. It's so it good. good. It's yeah. very good. Very good haircut. He looks so hot. Yeah. He and is. William he's, Hurt he's looks an, like a, a, an unbelievably beautiful man. William Hurt looks like he's part of the original writing staff of SNL. <laughs> William Hurt looks like one of the lone gunmen from the X Files. 
<laughs> the raggedy one, yes. to be clear. Uh, but, like, as you're saying, Keanu is, like, he, he's doing the thing that he has been doing best at this point in time. I like, mean, he's it's working 19... in a Bill and Ted parenthood vein, as you said. Yeah, it's 1990. Like, his first movie is what, like, River's Edge or Youngblood or whatever, it's like, which is, like, 86, right? Like, yeah. it's like, he's only been making movies for a couple years. Right. Bill but and he's Ted already done Bill and Ted. Sat on the shelf for a while, but comes out in 89. Is that right? 89. Yeah. Uh, Parenthood is what, 87? Is that right? I can't remember. I don't, I don't is know. Is Parenthood the same year as Bill and Ted, I think? It might be. Uh, you're right, 89. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you know, he's, 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 he's a, a baby. He's brand yeah. new. I mean, he was born in 64, so he's what? Uh, in this movie, he's 26 years old, you know. I just think this is interestingly the performance where it's like he's combining the like spacey Keanu comedy type with just the right amount of the like River's Edge edge. But like, meanwhile, William Hurt is an Oscar winner. Yes. Like, <laughs> and like leading man. Yeah. Like every movie he does in the 80s is a leaning, like, it's like Altered States, Body Heat, Big yeah. Chill, Gorky Park, Kiss the Spider-Woman, wins an Oscar. Right. Children of a Lesser God. Broadcast, Broadcast News, another News, nomination. Yeah. Accidental Tours, and a movie called A Time of Destiny, which no one remembers, but he's right. the lead of that, too. Like, that's his 80s. He's not doing no, shit no. like this. No, now, this obviously, is... he knows Kasdan. Yes. But even still, he's on obvious choice to cast in this role. As you said, in the no. real story, both of them are teenagers. And he's like, right. what if one of the teenagers is William Hurt? <laughs> A guy who you, like, don't think of for, like, character comedy. Yeah. And he's always playing these kind of, like, refined guys, you know? Um, right. Um, but... I yeah he probably was just like yeah let me add it right like I'll, I'll have fun yeah he grew he, his hair out and he was looking for some way to use it he's yeah. doing a William Hurt esque performance to me like where it's like you said like it, there's a lot of very conscious choices yes this is a very committed performance yes he's not just like yeah fuck it I'll you know I'll have long hair and be silly no, like that's the, easy there's an Ebert quote that's really good uh, let's keep talking I'll pull this up is it on the Wikipedia page I think so uh, he calls this movie an actor's dream he says William Hurt could have walked through the role of the spaced-out hitman, but takes the time to make the character believable and even, in a bleary way, complex. Is that I, the I, quote you Yeah, meant? I kind of agree. Yeah? God, when he keeps trying to look, at, like, walk around Joey and look at the his back. Yeah. After he shot him. Yeah. Just him looking at stuff is funny in this movie. Yeah. But and, they come in very late. And it's also, okay, it's also hard to play drugged out and and it be without feeling like you know, just like stupid annoying. Yeah. Yes. and yeah. like obvious yeah yeah like it's really easy to just be like you're some teenager at a party who's pretending like he's really what? stoned right yeah. yeah um but yeah no opening kevin klein spinning the pizza hitting on every woman devo river phoenix a performance i would say that feels like he is almost unaware that he is in a comedy He's playing, like, full sort of River Phoenix earnest dramatic intensity. Which is kind of what he did. Yes. Like, I mean, I love River Phoenix, and I love pretty much any movie he Same. ever made. I mean, you look at how few films he got to make. Yeah. And the list of directors he worked with. Right. Even if it wasn't always their best film, and it's pretty absurd. Uh, you know, Joe Dante, Rob Reiner, your favorite director. Mm -hmm. uh, Peter Weir. Um, Spielberg. Uh you know, uh, Sidney Lumet. Yeah. Um, Spielberg, obviously. Richard Benjamin, who's a pretty big director by yeah. then. Uh, Larry Kasdan, Gus Van Sant, uh, Phil Alden Robinson. Peter Bogdanovich. Um, Peter Bogdanovich. Like, 
he's never uninteresting in a movie. No. Every single one of those performances is either good or at least like you pay attention to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if it's a smaller role. He or was something. like the Chalamet of that moment. He's yeah. Better than Chalamet. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely better than Chalamet. I mean, not, but, but I'm I, saying I like Chalamet. It's a similar position where it's on. like he's a heartthrob. He's taken seriously as an actor. He already has an Oscar nomination under his belt by the age of like 20. And he's taking on a lot of roles where it's like him playing junior to a major leading man of the moment in that way that where it feels like studios used to sort of develop careers. It's a thing they talk about in sort of the inverse of it in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood of like, we're going to pair you up with a Redford, a Ford, a Potier to sort of like establish you color of money style as like, there's a baton being passed here. You're the next generation. You will graduate to being one of these guys. Right. Um, this is the oddest use of him in any movie that he made. He, he He's... You don't need him. No. Like, you've already got the stoned hitmen, right? Yes. But but he's good. But he's he's good. good. He's such a chiller in it. Yeah. And I I like... And he's kind of a sweetie pie. He's a sweetie pie. And he's also... It's like the way he's playing it, I think it lends itself to making it more believable that he is like really into Tracy Ullman's character. He like adores Tracy Ullman. He works at the pizza parlor. He observes all the sort of wandering eye shit that Klein is doing, which Ullman frames as like, eh, he likes to look at women, women like to look at him. My Joey would never do anything. Right, it's, it, She's you know, so price to do a business. He's such a good pizza man, yeah. right? Everybody loves coming here. Right. He's a great dad. Tacoma. Right. Again, this is set in Tacoma. Yeah. He loves delivering the pizzas himself and also doing pro bono handyman work. Well, he, he owns the building, so he's right. the landlord. right. But he does it for other people's buildings because she's always like, you never fix anything in our building. My mom has to fix everything. Her mom is there, of yeah. course. Uh, Nadja, played by Joan Plow, right? What else is, yeah, what else do we need to know? There's the the cops. Are We meet them immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Gammon and Jack Keller, right? Those guys Two are... Two great character actors. Right. It's mean, yeah. Lebowski's like landlord. Jack Keller, is, everyone knows him as Lebowski's yeah. landlord. Which makes an amazing performance. That he yes. retired and then went on to become a landlord. Yes. But you must, come on, you know James Gammon. Do he's, I? He's the coach in Major League. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he was born to be a baseball coach. Yeah, that guy should only play baseball coaches and, like, lawmen. Like, that's <laughs> his his trade. Is he still alive, James Gammon? I know. Um, no, he, we lost Gammon. We lost both of them fairly recently. He died. Gammon died in 2010. Okay. He was 70 years old. Yeah. Could have gotten, you know, 20 more years at Gammon. We should have. Uh, Ke- Keller just, you're right, Last 2022 year? died yeah. at the age of 75. But, but Devo, which is the name of... Phoenix's character yes. is like getting really angry on behalf of Tracy Ullman that she won't wake up and acknowledge it. Yeah. And as I said, in this first 10 minutes, you see uh uh Klein on some side, one side or the other of Coitus with three or four different women. You see his tush too. You see his tush. And I mean, damn, a real Gorn? snack. But corner? Qu- corner oh. tush? No, butt corner. Should we do a butt corner? Yeah. Oh, like, sure. What do we think? Good? Very good. It's yeah. De- well defined. Well defined. He's looking good in his, his slacks. He Kevin Klein is in good shape yeah. at this point, I feel like, as well. You know what I mean? Like, he's just, he's a trim guy. He, he's he got a great head of hair. Yeah. On his chest. Yeah. And and, and no, no makeup has been applied to his skin at all. I'm sure this is natural, right? 
right? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. he he went completely method. It looks right. like he went an Instagram method, and they, they locked him in a glass box uh, box on the beach yeah. for two weeks. <laughs> yes, and he emerged like this. Yeah, his accent is not perfect unless there's a Tacoma Italian American no. accent I'm unaware of. Look, I I am a huge fan of his work. I think he's given many immaculate performances. This yeah. is one where if I were Larry Kasdan, I would maybe have said, hey, let's maybe swing more Italian-American than fresh off the boat. Um, yes. Maybe have like 5%. You think you should hit harder. Yeah, yes, you should have gone 150% harder. No, you know what I'm saying? That like, this maybe works if you have like 10% of the residual accent. Yeah. Not full Mario Brothers. I can't see, I can't imagine that because this is so burned in my brain. Also, I guess the movie is so heightened and it's not like anyone else is being normal in it. That's true. So I guess that's the, but it does kind of feel like Larry is, maybe Larry's just like, yes, we love it. Like more, more, more. more. Yeah, this is crazy. (laughs) We're really good at casting. That's a spicy meatball, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so yeah. So so he's a horny man who's fucking every young woman in town. And it's just so confident that he will never be caught. It's Because his poor wife is housebound because she's constantly, like, cooking dinner. This seems to be her only job. Yeah, they got two kids. Right. Plowright does all the maintenance in the building. He works, like, I think she says he works seven days a week, 14 hours a day. Yeah. And then yet somehow still finds time to go out and cruise. Well, part of him working that hard is him making quote-unquote house calls. You have to yeah, remember. Right, or of course, deliveries. Yeah. 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 Um but he uh yeah, he I, I don't really know how else to to sort of what else to say about this initial sort of beginning part of the movie. It's just he has uh been sleeping around for mm-hmm. it seems like a long time i mean i guess we should say like he also is very demanding of her when yes. when they're at home he's always kind of like you know just expecting to be ha- uh, waited on hand and foot yeah he's a real he's a real jerk mm-hmm. he's kind of a jerk and i feel like she has this uh confidant and her mother as well as devo He's coming over and hanging out. Devo is very nice. He yeah. is very Her nice. Her mom is kind of crazy. Yes. She's obsessed with tabloids. <laughs> yes. Uh, right. She's always telling stories. What's the stabbing story? 27 times. <laughs> I love this being a movie where, like, you have, like, infamous quotes that, like, ring around in your head. Yeah. Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> more of those, please. Please yeah. need any, more. Any line readings you want to give us. There, there's that kind of nice moment where his son hurts his finger when they're eating pizza or something oh, yeah. at the restaurant. And the ice and the... He puts his, his son's finger in the glass and he's like, oh, better or whatever. But then he pours... I could have a salt or sugar uh, on salt it as or well. Sugar. It's a, and but like puts he, it in his mouth. He does... Yeah. Right. He does like a little thing that yeah. clearly makes his son... And it's like... And like you can... It's clear that moment is just there because Kasdan or whoever is like, we need to understand that there's some yeah. admiration. Yeah. And he yeah. has like... He plays like patty cake with his daughter at one point. Before going out, like you see that he is a good dad. Yeah, he's got some redeeming qualities. He's a hard worker. Uh, he's you know obsessed with the uh, uh, the American dream. Yes. Now I will say for how much this movie becomes about murder, and in opposition to a lot of the other films we were talking about in this sort of subgenre, 
that turn people off because they're like, this thing has such a sour tone. Mm. Uh, Kasdan directs this with the energy as if it were just any silly comedy. Like it was a comedy about like uh, missing papers. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, missing papers does sound pretty good. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. happened to they, them? I gotta find yeah. those papers. Where'd they go? <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think this is a well-directed movie. I'm sorry, either. Lawrence. This is what I'm saying. As much as I think he's directed movies well. Yes. And I think... And he's directed films with, like, kind of sour tones before. But his comedies are very gentle. Yeah. So, okay, the real question is, does he make a good movie? We're, I'm going to say this is a good movie. Okay. I think it's... I think that's a... Please respond. I think this film is Griffin? entertaining. Look at me. I think this movie think is, is an entertaining sort of silly movie. and startling e. enough e. to kind of be like, all right, yeah, yeah all right. You know, it's, like, it's you know. absolutely an all right get in here. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like the club's pretty full, and yeah. like Klein shows up with his brown face and his dead pizza boxes, and I'm like, <laughs> there's room in the back. No, this is right. the kind of movie where someone goes, do you want some spaghetti? And you go, yeah, I'll have some yeah, spaghetti. Yeah, sure, why not? Of another uh, bowl. Yeah, yeah, this is another. This is the second bowl of pasta. The second movie. bowl of pasta movie. Um, post this, it's it's Grand Canyon, which is his sort Him of trying like, to do big chill for the nineties. His flop, not maybe not flop, yeah. but right, disappointing. But also, him it's doing like big his chill, crash. but I'm tackling race in America. Right. All these people during, coincide. Like, the LA they riots. cross over. Yeah, have never seen. Seems it's cursed to me. Interesting. It's definitely a little cursed. It's interesting. He makes Wyatt Earp, which is this like long Tony biopic, and then like there's just like the fucking Pizza Hut version of it over with Tombstone that eats that his lunch, just trashes it, right. just it's drowns this it great in the garbage. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, he makes French Kiss, which I, I know people who again. love. I've never seen. I know people who fucking I fucking watch French. That's Kiss. probably a movie you will adore. Uh, he does Mumford, which I've never seen. Mumford it. is bananas. You have told me very weird. I mean, kind of intrigued to watch that one, yeah, too. Yeah, like, unspeakably weird. When Ben pitched this and we were like, that has to be the answer, I said, David, the only reason right, like, would question we ever get Kasdan, right. And yeah. then you said, maybe let's put Kazdan on the bracket because what's funnier than if he wins, which is not going to happen, having to do a second episode on I Love You <laughs> to Death. Committing ourselves as if it's like Alien 3 of like, it might need to be done a second well, time. We're announcing this in advance. Uh, I would be for it because then, of course, I'm a big defender of Dreamcatcher. Uh, no, I think course. that movie's basically good. A movie you went on the King cast to talk about. Right. And yeah. then after that, Darling Companion. I mean, is uh, back with Klein again, but nobody defends that. No, movie. an absolute piece of dog shit. The movie I've said before made me give up on my one-week dream of being a film critic. <laughs> you were a film critic for a second in that movie. And I was assigned that movie, and I was like, I can't. I can't. So this is kind of the beginning of him losing his edge. Yeah. Because even if you defend some of the movies I just spoke up yeah. for, none of them were really hits. No, he remains a major director in terms of optics throughout his the 90s, but the movies get aren't working. released. Yes. But he's never getting awards. No. He like, you know, he wrote The Bodyguard yeah. uh, with, you know, no, I think he's the solo writer. Of that. Uh, yeah. So that's obviously a gigantic paycheck. Sure. Uh, you know, obviously he wrote Star Wars Episode Seven. You know, right. Force when JJ Abrams Solo. comes on to Star Wars, his first demand is you have to bring Kasdan back. I'll do it if I can write with Kasdan. And Kasdan had already been hired to do the Solo movie at that point, so he takes a break from Solo to write Force Awakens. And then, by all accounts, I don't think I'm talking out of school here. 
he is the primary reason Lord and Miller get fired from Solo because he was like, they're not shooting my script. They're doing all this improv. We have to like reset it and they have to stick to the script. Which uh, you yes. have seen how that movie turned out. Good. I mean, it's cold. That's one thing we can agree on. Yeah. The biggest chill possible. Exactly. So it's like, was Larry Kasdan ever banished from Hollywood? No. no. Was no, he I'd basically say, banished from directing at a certain point? You know, yes. Dreamcatcher in particular is That's the moment the where they're like, you have to sit in the bench for a while. You're not in movie jail, but you're on the he bench. He went to movie probation at the very least. He spent a night in the movie drunk tank. Uh, more least. than a night. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, he's not gone. And obviously his kids work in the business. Yeah. All, he, he has multiple successful kids, John and Jake. And after uh, Dreamcatcher, by the way, there's this period. John plays uh, one of the kids in this movie, right? John yes. And is, John yeah. writes solo with him later. Right. And Jake um, is the one who did the Jumanji sequels and, and Freaks things. and Geeks and, yep. yeah, a lot of stuff. Um, uh, there is a period post Dreamcatcher where he's kind of like kicked out of the directing club where he starts taking like high profile blockbuster screenwriting jobs again. And there's sort of this thing. I remember like Enoch Cool reviewing scripts that he got hired to do and being like, studios, you're sitting on a Larry Kasdan script. Why aren't you making this? That right. he was like writing things that if not as good as Raiders and uh, Empire Strikes Back were better than the films of their ilk that were getting made at the time. Like he for a long time was developing, not to direct, but just as a writer, the Clash of the Titans movie that ends up being the Leterrier movie 10 years later. Ooh. And I think he gets credit on that, but his script is not in any way resemble what made it to the screen. Mm. And they'd just be like, you got the guy who's the best version of doing this. Right. And even though it's been some time, he's still putting in pretty good work in this arena when it's for hire. Anyway, he made a movie called I Love You to Death that's about the world's horniest pizza man. Yes. And so could we... Before we get back to the plot, mm. I feel like we should do Tracy some justice. Okay. So Tracy's in this movie. Tracy Ullman. This is uh, her first feature is, film, right? That's that's a great question. I think it is. She's got such a strange filmography. She's got a strange career. It's kind yeah. of an it's kind of incredible. This she's, is her first film. Yeah. Because we've talked about obviously no, she's No, got, no, no. It's not. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Oh. She'd done a few things. I was looking at the wrong thing. She's in Jumpin' Jack Flash. Okay. Uh, the Whoopi Goldberg movie. Yeah. But not in a big role, I don't think. So maybe this is her first like, like, star. Uh, yeah. She's in that movie Plenty, the okay. adaptation of the play with Meryl Streep, kind of a forgotten movie. Uh -huh. And she has like a small role in Give My Regards to Broad Street, the Paul McCartney starring oh, yes. film. Yes. Um, so but good day in the life of me. I feel like this is her first movie post the Tracy Ullman show, the mm -hmm. original Tracy Ullman show, which was on Fox in the 80s. Which yep. is what Simpsons comes out of. Correct. Uh, have you heard of The Simpsons? I have. Okay, so that was a sketch on the Tracy. Nobody knows this. Nobody knows. Homer this. had a different voice, you know, yeah. all very interesting. But you know, like, Julie he looked more lumpy. Every, every, everyone looked pretty yeah. lumpy in that one. Yeah. Julie Kavner and Dan Castellaneta were part of the ensemble cast of The right. Tracy Ullman Show, right? Yeah. And there was sort of this, like, do any of you want to do voices for the Simpsons thing? And a couple of them were like, no. And those two were like, yeah. And Tracy, by all accounts, hated the Simpsons. Yeah. Like, did not like them. There was one other cartoon segment that alternated with the Simpsons for the first season that was the one she liked that did not connect. And when the Simpsons was popping, she was like, this fucking Simpsons. Uh, and then, but like, how did the Simpsons end up? Was it, be like, how, how did that? 
get in, like, you know what the quickest show. version of this? Greening had, had life as hell. Yeah. He was like a bit of a name, I guess. Yeah. Tracy, like, basically, Tracy, like, explodes slowly over the course of the 80s in England, right? Yeah. From like pop star to like sketch comedian actor. That's some of the, her songs fucking are great. And I had never known about her music stuff. I recommend she was sort of doing like out. in the 80s sort of retro styled girl group 50s, mm. 60s yeah. type stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah, then she's like part of a couple sketch shows and then she's finally getting her own stuff and her own specials. And that's when she sort of catches the attention of Hollywood and they're like, we got to bring this person over. And she, they develop a sitcom for her that like isn't working. Her producers mm. are, or, or rather, her husband's her producing partner. And she's like, I'm caught in this bad like NBC sitcom where I'm like the wacky girl next door. And they reach out to James L. Brooks, who's obviously like the best producer, if you, you know, in her position to go after. And he's like, it makes no sense to put you on a sitcom. It should be a variety show because you can sing, you can play 20 characters, right. this and that. I'm going to put people around you who are good. I'm going to this and that. And then was like, there should be cartoons. And he loved Life as Hell, which is the Matt Groening strip, Raining strip, and asked Matt Groening to do Life as Hell as a cartoon. And he was like, I don't want to give up the rights to my strip. Right. I don't want to sell those. So he supposedly drew The Simpsons in five minutes while like waiting for the meeting. Which are like start. a caricature of his family. And right. basically they like Brooks just liked him enough that he was like, sure, we can make this funny. I mean, like I but the pitch was just five families. And also Fox like basically would have put anything on. Yeah, they would have put just a man poop. They were the so air. happy yeah, to have nothing. Brooks on the show. And <laughs> right. Brooks was going to put on whatever he liked. And then he pitches them on. But like The Simpsons shorts are not riotously funny, I no, would venture. but you also... They have a weird energy to them that's kind of cool. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of cool that they turned into what they turned into. I agree with you, but also you read about when the show was airing and people were like, these shorts are fucking good. Right. Like, there was an excitement around them the Definitely. rest of the show was, was a, not maintaining. Right, there was a reason it spun right. off, yeah. The show was, like, winning Emmys but not getting huge ratings. Yeah. And She's Hollywood was just cave. like, she, it was very much like, this woman is unbelievably talented, multifaceted. We have to keep on like trying her in different things. And she turned down a lot of shit and was like very much kind of like strategically in control of her career and with her husband as well, like sort of helping her. Um, but yeah, when she was making movies, like especially at this point, it's like big swings. I mean, we've talked about she has her small part and I'll do anything. She was cut out entirely of uh, uh, Death Becomes Her, which she was sort of supposed yeah. to be the fourth lead she's in. She's deleted from that movie entirely. Obviously, she's hysterically funny in Robin Hood Men in Tights as yes. Latrine. She's incredible. Of course, the family changed their name. It used to be Shithouse. <laughs> One of my favorite jokes That's in that movie. movie. <laughs> uh, it's a good movie. Should have won Best Picture. Uh, she's in that movie Household Saints. A, a Peter Newman production. Uh, which I've never seen. It's a good movie. Uh, Bullets Over Broadway. Uh, she did a, a couple of Woody Allen movies. Right? Small Time Crooks is Crooks. the one she's really good in. She's really funny in that. Yeah. Um, uh, Preda Porter. I've never seen. No. It's weird that neither of us have seen that. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I should see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was just like... And then like, it's kind of like she just stops. I feel like after the mid-90s, she's like, no. Yeah. And, and it's just like, after that, it's like small-time crooks. Four years after that, she does a dirty shame with John Waters. It's more like, right. it's like, if I want to work with someone interesting, okay. Into the woods. But apart from that, it's like yeah. what I do. Like, but this is the other thing. By like the early 90s after Fox cancels her show, HBO is just like, we'll let blank, you do whatever the... Check. True blank check. True blank They check. were like, do a special. Do like... 
10 episodes every two years. Like, she's one of the first real beneficiaries of HBO just saying, like, we'll pay you more to do less and do it with more control. And she's just like, great, I'm just in the HBO business. Every couple of years, I do a special or another season or this or that. And then, like, after, like, 10 years of that, she jumped over to Showtime, did the same thing at Showtime for a couple of years, and then jumped back to HBO. But what a unique, like, like as a sketch comedian, what yes. a unique arrangement to have. Yeah. Like, that's really rare yeah. for just a, a single person. She just had, like, complete autonomy. Yes. Yeah. Tracy takes on. Yeah. She's it's got weird to, seven Emmys. to watch it now. Take, like, Tracy takes on. There are it's, a lot of characters people would not be excited to see her play today. Absolutely. Is a way to put it. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I just like the 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 filmmaking of it, I guess I'll yeah. say. Yeah. It's like it's weird with to watch it now and be like, this is fucking front facing character videos. Yes. Like very it's, much. So. It's so weird that like but and I'm not trying to even be like no, she no, was no. the first one no, no, to she's do it. Incredibly pioneering. Yeah. Beyond that, it's just like that was just not done back yeah. then. Yeah, she's like, I'm gonna do sketch comedy, but it's gonna be single camera, no audience. Right. These like filmed sketches, like that's not how those things worked back then. You know, it had in Living Color or like SNL or whatever, right? And, like, and her right. bigger thing too with the HBO stuff was like, I have a hundred characters in my repertoire. I'm gonna like shrink this down to twenty mm -hmm. and have characters reoccur. Yeah. Not in like a recurring sketch way, but in a like ongoing narrative way. Like, sure. this is sketch comedy, but I want to kind of have through lines of what these characters are going through. It's just interesting. Yep. And it's just like, it's it's something that uh, sketch comedy always kind of feels like it fluctuates where it's like there's something new and inventive and yes. then it sort of falls out of favor. But it was just like, like, it's really interesting to see this kind of like straight, just character-based comedy. Yes. Now, her movie career was weird because I think people couldn't figure out like, can you have Tracy Ullman doing a character next in a movie next to people who are playing it quote unquote real? Right. Because her characters were like well observed, detailed, nuanced enough that even if she's like underneath a bunch of rubber doing a big voice, like yeah. when you're watching her sketch comedy, you're like, she plays it very real for sketch comedy. Yeah. But then sometimes you put her in a movie next to people and you'd be like, one of these is a cartoon character now, suddenly. She does not have that problem in this movie. In this movie, she comes off pretty restrained yeah here's the thing about her in this movie she's not funny but she's like, really kind of good. barely yeah. it's a good performance but yeah. it's like like she's mostly it's a kind of emotional it's mostly a dramatic shattered performance, performance. Yes. like everyone else in this movie is so goofy Plow Joan Plowright is next to her right like yeah. throwing bowling balls at the <laughs> yeah, screen yeah. and like obviously the movie is literally centered around her discovering her husband's like comical level of infidelity yeah and being so broken up about it that she's like, I got to kill him. Yeah. But well, she's, then everyone else around her are the ones who are like, let's do it. And right, she's yeah. like kind of sad about it. I feel second like guessing the it. thing yeah. that unfortunately rings true, right, as like this, there's this one line that sort of justifies the 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 murder plot. And it, because, mm. again, it is like it feels almost extreme or jarring a little bit where you're like, wow, you guys have really jumped to sure. extreme versus maybe, I don't know, call him out on his infidelities. Right. 
Um, don't they say, why don't you get divorced? And she says, like, he'll never get divorced. He's Catholic. Yeah. There's like one line about I think like, it's like, she. I won't let him be with another woman. Mm. Right. But uh, the mom says something to the effect of, uh, like, you know, you know, Americans, they're always just killing each other. It's <laughs> yeah. normal. It's normal in this country to do that. Yeah. And I just felt like, yeah. That's a wild moment because they have that conversation in a, like, trailer. Right, where she finally commits to, like, Trace someone being like, let's do it, let's kill him. And then the camera pulls out, and, like, there's this insane, like, wide shot, like, slowly revealing of the trailer underneath a bridge with the whole New York City skyline. Well, that's because— Not that, New York City, that, the city skyline, that's the like, coma skyline. They have that conversation in bed, and then the shot you're thinking of is— uh, the grandma goes and talks to some... Oh, yes. I'm sorry. The first uh, hitman she hires. Right. Right. It's, it's yes. some, like, I don't know, some friend of hers grandson... Yes. ...who decides to do He's a the favor. one with the mask. Yeah, who wears the Abraham Lincoln mask and tries to, bat. tries to hit him with a bat. Yeah, it tries to murder him via bat. Yeah. Which yeah. is, you know, cheaper than a gun, which yeah. is what they say. But harder. But a lot harder. Yeah. Bat harder than gun? To, to murder oh, someone to with? to murder someone. I was going to say, they're both similar. If you hit someone with them, both pretty hard. You're not talking density of objects. You're talking degree of difficulty. Yes. Well, bat, you got to like get up Killing close. someone with a gun, I mean, sorry, with a with a bat, yeah, yeah. you got to hit them over and over again. Yes, it's multiple Kinda times it's up close. Yeah, yeah. it would be Messy. hard to do it far away. <laughs> well, you throw it, then you have to run after where it lands. Well, no, you just have again. a bunch. <laughs> have like a bouquet of bats? <laughs> yeah. Or you can kind of dalzium it, you know, oh, like have call. stretchy arms and kind of go bonk. It's bonk. actually, it's embarrassing he didn't think to dalzium his bats into arms. <laughs> Anything would go in this movie yeah. if it tried it out. Man, imagine Larry Kasdan on Street Fighter. I, I like those guys. Yeah. They're crazy. They're, they're wild. These I'm guys thinking fight Kevin Klein for, oh, there's no Italian character. <laughs> Can Blanca be Italian? <laughs> Can Blanca Kevin make Klein the pizza? Blanca might be good. Kevin Klein as Blanca would be good. Imagine Street <laughs> He's Fighter got the chest hair. Imagine Street Fighter cast only with the cast in All Stars. Yeah, with like so okay. you have you have Hurt as as Guile. Yeah, Hurt as Guile. Mm -hmm. Right. We're gonna run into a problem. By the way, just like so quickly with this. <laughs> so let's have our fun and get out. I think I would put Costner as Guile. I think I think Costner is a real guile. Then tell me who Hurt is. Well, we I'm cast running out well. of Americans. I'll tell you that much on the is, Street Fighter cast. Is is Hurt playing Bison? Actually, you know what? You know what? That wouldn't be so bad. Now, of course, Bison is supposedly uh, Thai or uh -huh. whatever. But let's just Neither set that aside. Too, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You sub in one Spider Woman guy for the other. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hurt, Hurt, Hurt has the gravitas. Sure, there. sure, sure, uh, sure. Good, good. Sure. Uh, Gene Davis's camera. Eject. <laughs> Eject. Okay, so <laughs> moving right along in the plot, we'll just sort of say that the next sort of scenario in which they try to kill Joey is Grant, the the mom. She tries sure. to. She's very handy. Yes, she can. She, she can fix everything anything. in the building. She yeah. shows at one point her grandson how to solder. Yes. Uh, she tries to explode the car. Mm -hmm. I don't exactly know how. She has a hole. She's like, I put the fuse yeah, in the right. bar. I expected, you know. And it almost seems like 
it's actually going to be not just Joey, but Tracy too. Yeah. Is She's in the car. Whole, uh, yes. you, yes. I'm going to drive with him today. No, 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 no you don't want to. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I can't remember why. She has a bunch of, it's a long scene. Yeah. There's a lot of scenes of Klein not getting it, including this one. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, he's, he's a self-obsessed guy and he's not the smartest. Let's say also, uh, yeah. this guy never gets it, but he can get it. He, he can could, and does. And he gets does. it several times a day. Yeah. Clearly. Um, but yeah, so he witnesses this, turns on the car, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yep. Okay, so now they're running out of ideas. What's what's the next thing to do? Well, it's to feed him t- three bottles of sleeping pills. Yep. <laughs> three full bottles. Thinking, okay, this will poison him. Right. This will, this must. They make a put- big sauce. A big sauce. It's a big sauce, which I think is their first mistake. Very spicy. Too much sauce. Yeah. They really needed to go down on the sauce. Oh, you're saying that the pills, the sauce cut it too much. Yeah, I think so. But they make make this giant pot of sleepy spaghetti (laughs) to try to sleep from the death. You're not wrong. (laughs) This is, this movie, I will say. It's a lot of fun to talk about. At this point, the movie is, like you said, like, the first hour, we're kind of moving, or not even hour, but 45 yeah. minutes, we're kind of moving around. At this point, it's like, we're in the house. Right. And he's got to go, and he won't. Right. Nothing will kill this <laughs> Once guy. they're making the sleepy sauce, it's like, okay, he eats tons of it. He loves it. He he's loves like, it. best sauce you've ever made. <laughs> and then he's like, my stomach hurts, and I'm tired. Right. But he doesn't die. Right. He passes out in the plate of spaghetti, which also causes this complication later every time they shoot him and they can't figure out if he's been hit or if whether it's, it's sauce. blood or sauce. So then I guess they bring in. It's just really funny that he just won't fall asleep. Though. Yeah. Yes. Like that he is just somehow. He's, like, he's a steel okay. stomach. He's just like, nothing will phase him. Right. And at this point, does when, when does River Phoenix enter? Once they once he passes out, right? Um, I'm not, yeah, River Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They Devo. they call Devo to come over um, and because, finish up the job. He, uh, uh, Joan Plowright calls him and says, "Like you really love my daughter, right? You'll do anything for her." Yeah. He's like, "Of course." And they're like, "Come over here right now." Yeah. Yes. Comes over. They hand him a gun. Finish the job. They have the gun. Yes, they, they have, have the, the gun. gun. Anyone at this point, you know, Joan Plowright should probably just shoot him in the head, but she doesn't want to. I feel like she's probably like. Got a good shot. Yeah. She's the oldest. Yeah. She yeah. can do time. The wisest. So wise. Yeah. Uh, and so River Phoenix shoots him in the head. Mm-hmm. But I guess, I don't know if it's that it's just the small caliber of the gun or if it's just he's a bad shot. It basically like grazes his ear. I he think, looks away. Yeah. Well, this... no, it shows at the end of the movie that there is a bullet in his but head. But I think that's the second shot. Am I wrong about no, that? No, the second shot is in his heart. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. So, yes, it does go like... No, no I have... Yes, I was so confused by this. Yes. Because he mostly has the ear wound. Right. But then, right, he keeps saying later, like, he I have a, a bullet in my head. Right. Yeah. And he's yeah. bleeding on the pillow underneath him. He is. At, at first... And I they... could not tell, right, where right. where is this bullet? Because the one side is all spaghetti sauce. The second side, he has been hit. Yeah. The other side of his head in some way that is bleeding onto the bed. I think it just went into his head, but it just whatever. It didn't Lodged work. In. What's important is he's a thick head. He's man. not dead. He's not, he's not dead. dead. So right, like so right. The first shot is botched by River. Yes. He then brings in Keanu and Right. He goes to a bar Kurt. where they hang out. Wearing a um 
Fu Manchu. I mean, we just have to say it. Um, there is disguise. no other way to describe it. And he, it's just not fun. He wears a trench coat. Yeah. And a Fu Manchu Trying mustache. Trying to have it disguised. No one is tricked at all by it. No. It's a funny image. And you, it's a it's a bizarre. It's a, fun, it's a funny image. And so, you know, in it's cinema, bizarre. in cinema sometimes, you know, there's memorable moments. Okay. And okay. so here I'm we are. So we're, far. we're in some skeevy Our bar. Our finest critic. Cinema sometimes there's memorable moments. We're in a skeevy bar, right? Okay. Somewhere in Washington, mm-hmm. Tacoma. Yeah. And yeah, you go to the are. back room and there, there's a pool table and there's a man, he's kind of leaning. Okay. You can't tell if he's asleep. Is he asleep? What's yeah. going on? Is he playing pool? And all of a sudden, David William Hurt Unrelated. lifts up, <laughs> then raises his sunglasses. Oh. Yes. His cool sunglasses. His little flip-up sunglasses. An arm appears. Who's, whose arm is this? Yeah. Well, it's one Keanu Reeves. A very handsome young twenty-five-year-old Keanu fucking Reeves nose ring. He's got yeah. a nose ring and like a. He's got like a flock of seagulls X two well, haircut. Well, it's even more than that. It's like it's like a failed buzz cut. Yeah, I there's actually there's kind a of slice of like misrazoring. I think it's more that he's maybe been to like a mental hospital or something. Oh, that's also very right. Possible. His hair has been growing in weird like directions. Yes. Like I think he was getting electric shock therapy. Because he's got like a clear patch that was shaved. Yeah. He definitely yeah. seems great. Yes, but also in another dimension. Yes. Yeah. They both do, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. They're both clearly using heroin. What? They talk, I mean, they are referred to as druggies. Druggies. In this film. Um, yeah, I think they are right. They are the 80s, 90s version of a drug user on screen, which is just like, they just seem stoned. They use drugs. We're not going to talk about, right? You know, it's just yeah. like, yeah, they're druggies. Yeah. They're from the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah. Right. They're low life. They're desperate. They're down they're and They're weirdos. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's, it, got long it's pretty sweet that they found each other. It is. He's well, I two. think he refers to him as his cousin, but yeah. that might not be, you know... That Hurt. might be like by blood. Maybe it's, they're. It's sweet that they have each other. Absolutely. Hurts I mean, about these guys, 15 years older than Keanu. So that's, that's like, wild. They're yeah. an odd, you know, gap. They yes. can't be siblings. They no. can't be parent son. Yeah. Don't you want to see a whole movie about yes, these guys? Of course. I wish. Don't you I want to watch a whole series? You know and it's like, I mean? yeah. it's not even one of those things where you're like, no, no, no. Like, small doses. Right. They're, yeah. they're effective because there's not that much of them. No. 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 I, they I, would be great together for yeah. a whole movie. I could watch as much as they have. If this movie had been inexplicably a giant hit, one, I would be like, what the hell was going on <laughs> in America? Well, of course, then Italy and America would be at war. They would but... actually be at war. Italy actually would have caught wind. But two, then, yeah, they get spun off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. get Reeves and Hurt. Yeah. It's like Reeves. Is like, like Gen doesn't X. happen. No. Like, this happens instead. Yes, yes. And he never makes like... Matrix. He never <laughs> makes Speed. Gen X, yes. And then her is kind of like this burnt-out hippie. Yes. Yeah, like and boom, they're boom, just hippie, like yeah. degenerates right. out, out in America trying to make a buck or something. Yeah. Yeah, they are offered $500 between them. They are originally offered 200 Right. They I end they up getting paid eight. 200 Right. That's their sort of nominal injury fee. Right. They don't get the full five. Yeah. But they're going to get 500 bucks to murder a man. Right. Because Rivers' thing is like 200 and he's like, 500 This is murder. You yeah. can't pay us 200 for murder. And he's like, the guy's basically got one foot in the door already. Right, right. right. I already shot him. take much. anything. He's, I already shot him. You're, you're just, just finishing finish the job. Off. Yeah. Right. And then they instead pay him only $200 because they did shoot him but didn't kill him. Yes. They're too cowardly. Or, or Keanu is too cowardly to look. Yeah. 
Hurt shoots him in the chest but misses. Well, his of course, heart. we get the fun gag, which is they're trying to remember where your heart is. Yeah. Because yeah. we all know your heart is on one damn side of your so body. We're on, so we're on the left side. Another good gag is Keanu constantly forgetting the name of the guy they're there to shoot. <laughs> Whenever they bring him up, he's really confused who, who they're talking about. Yeah. The energy of this movie. So it's bizarre. so heightened when Klein is awake. Yes. And then when he's out, it becomes this weird trade-off between their stone thing, which is funny. <laughs> yes. And Tracy Ullman is just, like, crying. Right. And Joan Plowright is like, come on, murder him already. What, what are we doing here? That's the thing, though. Yeah, the closer Klein gets to death, the movie loses its comedic motor. And then it's just, like, sort of odd people talking to odd each Odd people other. just hanging out. In a house, right? Deciding to murder someone, which you know they're not going to do. You kind of know at this point. You're like, yeah, he's unkillable. Yeah, like, yeah. there is just no way. This guy's just clearly got like too much semen inside him, and bullets just bounce off. Of <laughs> That's him. the reason why. You know what I mean? He's just so fucking horny. He's filled with semen. Yeah. So the bullet can't get through. <laughs> That's got to be what it is. Yeah. Either that, or I guess he's just inhaling pizza dough, and it's making like a force field. It's both. Uh, right. But you're just kind of like. Let me just like sit with these weird characters. And mm -hmm. those two are very funny. Yeah. And Olman is compelling. She and is. obviously she can be very funny. Yeah. She's very upset when but she thinks that he's finally been killed. But what were you gonna say about her? Just I mean, I feel like she has to be upset because again, then the end of this movie needs to work. Yeah. Quote unquote work. Yeah. Right? Sure. But also, you're, I was almost upset watching her because, again, man, Owen Roysman and Ann V. Coates and James Horner. Yeah. That's the cinematographer, editor, and composer. Those are like three of the greatest in their right. fields ever. The editor of... Lawrence of Arabia. Like the most famous cut of all time. <laughs> Owen Roysman, it's like movie. fucking French Connection, Exorcist Network, Toots, you know, right. like, like the biggest movies These of the 70s. These are like 70s. the top level craftsmen in Hollywood at this point in time. And James Horner, he he's kind of starting out, but I yeah. mean, he's he's no slouch. No. And uh, anyway, yeah, it's just like, I'm almost like she, I, she never says like, this is the father of my children. I mean, right. she says it earlier maybe, but like at that point, maybe she should be like, can we stop? We've, but they're into God deep. is intervening, right. like, you know, basically telling them, us not to do it. Once they've given him all the sleeping pills, yeah. though, she's in too deep. Yeah. Th that's, I think their other thought is, like, if he wakes up, he will see what we tried to do to him. Yeah. And Plowright is just so bullheaded about, like, he must die. Yeah. She keeps on, like, talking Ullman out of her doubts. For sure. Right. Uh, a moment I wanted to shout out, too, is uh, when Joey wakes up. And he's like being introduced to Hurt and Keanu. Yeah. They're so bad at making up fake names where he literally goes, No, wait, wait. Uh, Smith. <laughs> <laughs> a very Ben joke. Yeah. You love searching for a name <laughs> and struggling to find it. That is something you like in multiple movies. I am now seeing these connections. I, I have mean, no I, idea. Not objecting. It is funny. Can we, I want to say on my, I mean, we'll see how this resolves itself. But the building our office is in, there's like an inner building network where people can like post oh, yeah. updates about like, oh, maintenance is happening here or whatever. But also people post if they're like, have a credenza to get rid of, only asking for $100. And we got an email this morning saying, uh, I have a bunch of battery operated light up 
wall-mountable letters that spell out Mason. <laughs> They've been in my son's bedroom. He's outgrown them. I will give them away for free if anyone wants God them. God is speaking to so us. So I emailed back and said, yes, we would like those letters. And the thought is that we will put them on our wall and then write, I want to say, above it. <laughs> And it's going to always be funny. It's always going to be funny. I want to say Mason. I want to say Mason. Gurdon would fit right into this movie. It's Put him somewhere. Yeah. yeah. One of the cops. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He'd be good. He'd be great. Maybe what? he could be hurt. You ever oh. do that? Did he ever do something like that? No. That'd be fun. No. I don't. Him is like a weird stoner. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think he's got the energy for it. I didn't think William Hurt had the energy. And then I fucking yeah, rented I, mean, I Love You to Death on iTunes. You just rented it? You no, didn't buy I, it? I bought it. Yeah. I bought it. 13 bucks. Really? Yeah, why not? I never, yes. I never would have guessed that Hurt had this performance in him. And there are, like, later career, like, he's obviously very funny in History of Violence. Well, yes, he is. He's, but that's but like, that's 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 the context of what he's doing. 15 and, years later, yeah. and he's also more menacing. He's so good in that movie. Joey, what the fuck? Yeah. How do you fuck that He's up? So good in that movie. I mean, I've You've obviously seen that movie, William right, Hurt is notoriously one of the most annoying people in the universe. I don't yes, know. like a, huge a nightmare asshole. person. Like, right. And uh, uh, his misbehavior has been, I know he's no longer with us as well, yes. obviously. Uh, but his misbehavior has been documented uh, or talked about by co stars. And Kazan clearly was just. He either could tolerate him or knew how to deal with him Correct. or they had a long-standing relationship so he could get interesting things out of him. Got really good work out of him. I mean, this is the beginning of Hurt, like, kind of blowing it, right? Like, again, yes. like, you look, it's kind of like Kaz, and you look at Hurt's 80s, and you're like, these are all huge movies. And his so 90s, Hurt's 90s They're a disaster. Right, and when, it, when he does History of Violence, people are like, that's wild for him to, like, show up in this small of a role. And it's like, no, I mean, he this was... great of a character actor role. available. Yeah. And not only that, he gets the surprise Oscar nomination and, like, does not build on it in any meaningful way. No, I mean, he kept making movies. He kept making movies, but he did not have, like, a true late-period resurgence in the way that role maybe felt like it could be a reinvention. Because he's... he's he shows up for, ass, like... Supposedly. He's on five minutes of History of Violence, Ben. Have you seen a History of Violence? I don't think I, I have. I think you'd like that it's, movie. It's... You would love that movie. It's a Cronenberg... It's a real thermostat performance from Hurt. He has a okay. crazy. We don't. We shouldn't talk about it if you haven't well, seen it. Well, I was going to say about uh, Hurt's nineties is he kind of got blarped. He does I mean, get blarped. He goes through the planet core. A few people uh, have gotten blarped harder. <laughs> yeah, he's maybe the most blarped. Although, really, everyone in Lost in Space. I love your wife. I mean, like, okay, so like Lost in if Lost in Space is like a black hole. Yeah. Like Oldman escapes. Like Oldman Old grazes by it and he's fine. Yeah. Heather Graham, she kind of escapes. I mean, she gets a few more things after yeah. it. Everyone else got sucked in. Yes. <laughs> like Hurt, Mimi Rogers, yes. Chabert, Matt LeBlanc. LeBlanc yeah. They're all in there. Yeah. Blarp. 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 I mean, Blarp has not, has Blarp been in a film since Lost in Space? No, but I mean, there's a lot. I mean, if you Google Blarp, Blarp Blarp's one of those open Let secret him be guys Blarp. in Hollywood. Yeah. He did a fireplace video. That's all I'll say. I did. <laughs> I hear he has a new podcast on the Gas Network. <laughs> <laughs> don't even know what that is, and I don't want to know. Um, uh, okay, so anyway, we should. He wakes up. Yeah, he he's wakes, been shot multiple well, times. He's, he's fully been poisoned. like made up like a zombie now. Like yes. they've given him like blue skin yeah. and like rings around his eyes and 
like multiple like bloody he's been wounds. shot he's like, been shot he's right. bleeding right it's like and it's he's gone like through him my head hurts my yeah. stomach hurts i don't know i feel a little weird Have you you need to feed these men yes rude yeah right yeah uh and well how does he eventually reveal because well, uh, there's the other they go to the bar there's the other criminal oh, who's right. getting arrested yeah they who's go that back guy? To the that's bar. a character actor and he like spills on uh a fucking hurt and reeves to right. get a lighter sentencing something. and so right then they get uh, tracy gets arrested Right. The, yeah, cops, the cops show up. Right. They know something's They've up. They've been told Sounds that like a hit's an been taken special. out. And then, like, Tracy gets arrested. <laughs> Klein comes out sleepwalking and they're more confused. Right. Like, right. And um, there's a great scene mm-hmm. where we're like, so no, no other actor is going really large or big or allowed in this movie, right? No. Klein's in his hospital bag. Miriam Margulies shows up. Again, no, no Italians are allowed, no. but Miriam Margulies can show up. As his mom, yes, uh, whose one parenting method is slapping him across the face, and beating the shit out of him. Yes, yeah. like, and and she correctly is like, "What's the matter with you? Yeah. You know, you disrespected uh, your David, wife." I don't think she says it like that. I think she does very even. Oh, what's the matter with you? <laughs> but it's funny. She's very funny. That, she does not say what is the matter with you. That, just to even clarify, he has just what almost is the been. Matter? <laughs> Just he's almost been murdered, yes. and she's so mad at him. Because Victoria Jackson comes to visit him in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she does. Yeah, Victoria Jackson. What do we think of her? I mean, look, I used to be a fan. Really? I th- I always thought she, she was very funny on SNL. I would always be happy when she showed up and she's stuff. Funny on SNL, I guess. Yeah, yeah. She's got her thing. She's got the high was, voice thing. She's, I was I'm weird. into that thing right. as a '90s SNL kid. Yeah. What's she up to these days? Because she's kind of good. an early crank, though. Yes, you know what I mean? She's still doing it all. But like, like Trump copied her. Like yes. she, she was there being she's crazy going on for the years. fucking America First Network right. or whatever, okay. and saying like dogs should be illegal. <laughs> whatever her like position is now. <laughs> They're trying to make pajamas gay. They are. I think so. I don't know. There ought to be a law. And that's why I'm still blacklisted from Hollywood. That's the other thing. Which is right. like, that's why I can't get work. And it's like, Victoria, it's been 20 years. Victoria. <laughs> Who are we getting here? Oh, boy. But she's funny in this. I mean, she's, funny she's, in this. she's playing, I feel like she was often cast as the bimbo, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. she's, she's, she's good classic at it. Classic SNL sketch, I am not a bimbo, right. stood in opposition to. Right. Uh, you have the funny little montage of them all get, going through bookings and taking their mug shots. That's just yeah. like good little character comedy of these like eight different like jamokes we've met over the course of this movie, all having different responses to being on the line. No, I don't think no, the real person went to jail. She went to jail. She, she did. did. And she served a few years in jail. And got Four out. years. And they stayed together. Then they stayed together. But in this yeah. movie, Kevin Klein's like, I don't want to press charges. And I was saying to 4K, I was like, I, at that point, I don't think you can kind of be just like, can we forget the whole, like, yeah. the, the, they've already, like, the, the I'm actually not mad at pressing her. charges, right? Yeah. Like, you can't go around hiring four hire killers and stuff. I forgive her. <laughs> right? Like, the, the, the snowball's rolling down the hill, right? Yeah. I think, as someone who knows a little bit about the law, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure that, yeah. You, he can it, just kind of be works. like, let's forget it. Yeah. You're like, are you sure? She's my wife. He's that was that's his argument. Right? I invoke yeah. let bygones be bygones. 
<laughs> the judge is like, duly invoked. <laughs> Remand this woman to, you know, to one, two, three pizza town. <laughs> two, three pizza town. <laughs> um, and so, so at the end, everyone's reunited. Uh-huh. William Hurt and Keanu are, you know, very surprised that Joey has let them go. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Keanu, I believe, says, Who's Joey? <laughs> yeah. And then walks into a door. Yeah. It's fucking funny. I'll say, like, this is where Keanu's performance is really good. Yeah. He sells walking into that door. It is like a door that is closed. He is facing forward. The camera is following him from behind. In setup, you're like, No one could be that stupid to walk into this door. And you see it happening from a mile away. And he doesn't, you're like, I buy it. It's believable. The character he's built would do that. It's true. He plays such, like, people who are in another universe. And you're like, yeah, that's what that person's like. Keanu should be funny again. I mean, I guess he did do... He did uh, the Bill and Ted sequel, which was good. And And he's he's good good in it. Yeah. Um... So he's definitely got it in him. And he was really good in fucking uh, Always Maybe on Maybe. He's really good in that. Playing really a well of himself, deployed. but really funny in it. Um, okay. He's obviously... Have you seen that movie, Ben? No. Ali Wong, Randall Park, rom-com, and they it's were like movie. best friends, and he realizes, like, I think I've actually always been in love with her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I am actually dating someone right now. And it's Keanu Reeves. And it's Keanu Reeves as Keanu Reeves. Oh, fuck. And he's got like 10 minutes of him basically doing his version of the, like, Neil Patrick Harris, Harold and Kumar... The worst version of Keanu is arrogant movie star. Oh, word! But he's great in it. Um, okay, I should. I it's at the very this. least wa- worth watching those ten minutes. Okay, yeah. He's got that great clip from the Matrix Resurrections press tour. Yeah, where someone's like trying to explain NFTs to him. Yes, being like, no, 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 man, like it's gonna take off, and he's just can't help but like laugh in their face. Yes. I watch it a lot. It's really good. He, I mean, look, he's done some good comedy work in animation. Like, do Kaboom. He's so fucking funny. As someone who's now seen that performance many, many times. Incredibly good He's really funny as Duke Kaboom. Um, he's very funny in uh, DC Super Pets as Batman. Oh, sure. Not a very large role. He is live action, but the only good part of the third SpongeBob movie, which otherwise is dog shit. Uh, Sure. Right? Yeah, I haven't more, seen that. More live action comedy, please. I feel like, oh, he was supposed to be in the fucking second Aziz Ansari movie to be permanently shut down. Ooh. He was the star of a comedy that Aziz was directing with Keanu and Rogan. Oh. And it is now the second Aziz Ansari directorial project that will never be finished. Yeah, because like the stuff he has, oh, he's going to make a movie with Jonah Hill. Is he? I don't know. That doesn't seem like it's in production. Okay. So really, it's just right now, it's like the John Wick spinoff. He's uh-huh. going to pop in on that one, Ballerina. And he's making a Constantine sequel. That's all he's got going right now. This is the one Constantine sequel. Yeah. I mean, I'm, believe me, I'm pro that. I'm oh, pro, pro that. as hell. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, cool. won't, won't exactly be a, a light on, deft on its feet, light comedy. No. Although, be, I mean. <laughs> be funny if that's what they went for. Yeah. Walks into doors as Constantine. Um, Ben, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Well, I'll say. Oh, uh, they get back together. They get back together. They fuck in the Janner's closet. Yeah, that's another good. It's like she's harnessing his horniness. Finally, that's another good moment when she's sort of checking to see if he died or not with the shot, and he starts talking to her, and then he like tries to fuck her. Yeah, he's like he just like points, and he's like zonked out. He like can't open his eyes, but he's still like 
I'm down. This guy's unredeemably horny. Yeah, he is so irredeemably horny. horny rather. So so yeah. horny. Final thoughts. Um, ten out of ten. Normal movie. Ten out of ten. Normal movie. Um, no, I just I have. Um, sorry to be you know someone who's uh, you know uh, into nostalgia, <laughs> but uh, this is a real comfort movie for me. Mm. And it um, still holds up. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of fun talking about it. David's doing the pose from the poster. And, and, and I'm going to go get some pizza. Oh, <gasps> where are you going to go? That place around the corner. Hey, hey. maybe bleep out. I'm maybe, maybe bleep it out, David. You said it wrong. Again. So it doesn't matter. I didn't say it wrong. I think I said it right, but bleep it. Okay. Maybe you said it right. Yeah, Throw you're going to. We should start saying wrong things. You're going to our local pizza place, Papa John's. I'm going to Joey's place. I'm going to Ray's Pizza. That, that, right? Yeah. That that fucking that, that'll scatter them. Yeah. Okay. One two Ray's anymore. Fewer, fewer, yeah. fewer these days. The real life couple. Mm. Um, there's a picture in this article I sent to you. Yeah. That I'll have Marie post. Um, they have uh in their home. Uh, a bunch of uh, clippings and movie posters and merchandise from <laughs> this movie. Yeah. Good for them. That's funny that Own they it. love it. Own it. Right? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You just rarely hear of that. Usually you hear of like, how dare they make this movie about us? We object. This is a terrible stereotype they're doing. Imagine like becoming new like couple friends with them. Getting invited over for dinner. <laughs> And they're like, oh, you really like this movie? And they go, it's about us. I shot him. I shoot him two times. I go to jail. They make a movie about us. Uh, yeah, when you read the quotes of the husband in this article, I yeah. can't help but just hear Klein's yeah. like reading. Uh, Do I forgive her? Yes, nothing happened to me. It's okay. Apparently, he owns a small piece of the movie. So they get I, some money. I kind of like They that. gave him a slice? Yeah. They gave him a slice. <laughs> ben, five comedy points. Uh, I don't know if he's getting tons of residuals, but some, right? Yeah, a slice. Anyway, this was fun. Well, we got to play the box. We got to play the box, play the box, game. box game. Do you guys mm -hmm. have any final thoughts? I give it five of these. <laughs> David is doing, doing the, the, gesture. the thumb to thumb middle finger. finger yeah. sort of. I made a really good sauce. The night I watched this movie. Coincidence? You posted pictures. It's really Wait, good. what kind of sauce? Isn't all arapiata, you know? What's yeah. that? Spicy tomato It's like sauce tomato, Ooh, garlic, pechata. oregano, sleeping pills. <laughs> One <laughs> bottle or two yeah. bottles yeah. to your taste. Yeah. I think to taste. To yeah, taste. Right. See, to I think, Griffin, you've hit on something, though. Mm -hmm. With sleepy pasta. Sleepy pasta. I really think that, like, what's the popular sleeping pill? Uh, uh, you're talking, uh, not Ambien? Ambien. Yeah. Ambien should start a whole new line of food products. Pizza flavored this Ambien? Is, this is my thing, basically. I'm like, we all know, we all know from creepypasta, right? Mm -hmm. Which, which spooks you out. Yeah. Keeps you up at night. Yep. Can mm -hmm. we combine like pasta with ASMR? Can we make pasta that puts you at ease? Oh my God. Sleepy wait, pasta. wait, 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 wait. Sleepy I have my sleep pasta. podcast that I've been working on. Maybe I start, I start also offering sauce. Yep. Sleepy sauce. Mm -hmm. Sleepy sauce. 
And, you know, there's nothing better than when you're trying to go to sleep than a warm bowl of pasta. Some ragu. Yeah. Ragu. Okay, box office game. April 6, 1990. This movie opens to 74 million domestic. It's opening at number six to $4 million. So it's not making our top five. Mm. Uh, it's got four mil. It's gonna leg that out to fifteen. Uh, <laughs> a robust fifteen, and then probably do some decent blockbuster business. One yeah. hopes, yeah. right? Some well, it made it made business. at least an additional twenty five dollars being licensed to Comedy Central. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. The first, the movie that's at number one mm-hmm. is a film I imagine. Uh, well, I know this in fact uh, was uh, resonated greatly with Mr. Ben Hosley. A film, you know, has it been a previous Ben's choice, or do we no, just know but, that it uh, resonated? I'm sure we will cover it on this podcast, probably on the Patreon, certainly on the Patreon. One day, uh, it's the launch of a long-running, ongoing franchise that's had many stops and starts, uh, based on a comic book. 1990, stops and starts. Comic book. Yeah. 1990 stops and starts comic book. Ben loves it. Ben, do you have any idea what this is? 1990, based on a comic book. This is a post-Batman. Yeah. But was uh, was it? Is he kind of like like kind of twisted? It's a team. Oh, it's a team. It's a team. It's a 90s comic book team movie. Was it a recent book at the time of this film? Is this adapting yes. like new material? Yes. Okay. It's a team. You love it. Teenage Mutant, Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles? Turtles? There you go. Which is a damn franchise we will do one of these days. Yeah. But that movie kind of rocks. Oh, that movie rolls. Uh, it's I'd got incredible say, sort of like set design. I don't think and, like, this is vibes. even a radical take that's like kind of the first movie to get right the like make the movie of the comic book yeah don't run it through the hollywood development wheel and try to like rethink it like make the movie that everyone wants to see put all the characters in it make them look the way they looked in the drawings right um for ben's birthday i bought him a a blu-ray of ninja turtles with a scratch and sniff card uh cool stinko vision stinko vision love that You've seen the new one, right? You got to check it out. Yeah, unfortunately, I've had some life stuff going on. I know, but and I was unable to catch it while it's probably theaters. on. You can you can scale the mountain. It's on top of Paramount Plus. It's on Plus. Paramount Plus. That's right. So if you, you want to climb the mountain, I just need a login. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Wait, you're not one of the fifty to one hundred subscribers. I love Paramount Plus. To be clear, uh, mostly because I have Star Trek. The um, worst UI. Yeah, I use it through Apple, actually, because I hate the UI so much. Uh, Number two at the box office. It's a uh, smash hit comedy. Probably such a gigantic success that it's hurting any comedy opening against it. Uh, It's only in its third week. It's not Wayne's World. Bigger. Bigger. 1990. It's only in its third week. Mm -hmm. It's gigantic. Gigantic. Is it like, uh, uh, tell me about the star of this picture. Two stars. Okay. Uh, the man is an established romantic leading man. The woman is, uh, this is her breakout role. But she is an Oscar nominee who's done some oh, good. Oh, it's called Pretty Woman? Yeah, it's a film by Gary Marshall about yeah. this woman who's pretty. Yeah. Uh, pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. Seen it, Ben? Yeah. Sure. Humongous hit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big movie. Yeah. It's pretty charming. Yeah. It's got some good stuff in it. Yeah. Um, number three at the box office. Now we are cooking. Okay. Insane that 
I Love You to Death opened three places below. This film, Mm -hmm. which is also debuting this week, is also a broad comedy, perhaps broader. Perhaps broader? Uh, It is the third film in a long-running comedy series in which its main character does something or goes someplace. Is it in earnest? Earnest. What's he done So now? the third one would be, the first one is goes to camp. Yes. I believe this is JD's favorite. The second earnest. one is saved Christmas. I, if you tell you so, I don't fucking know. The third one is not scared stupid. JD's favorite one. It's not slam dunk was direct to video. Ernest goes to Africa. Ernest goes to army. What's the one I'm not thinking of? It's JD's favorite. I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. And you're right that camp and then Christmas are one and two. Well, I know. Goes to jail? Ernest has gone to jail. Yes, that is the best one. That is the best one. Uh, And not only has he gone to jail, but he has, you know, suplexed I Love You to Death. Talk about character work. I mean, that's the one because he's got the dual role in that one where he plays the felon who looks like Ernest who switches place with him in jail. And it's Bravura work from Varney. It's very good. He's really good in it. Have we talked about. That is a franchise? It's on the long list for the bracket, Ben. I'll have you know. We, we uh, never maybe said this on mic because there was the sort of long-promised JD blank check episode where we let JD cash in his blank check. And what it was supposed to be was on April 1st, we were going to release an episode on Ernest Goes to Jail and act like it was the third episode in our ongoing John Cherry miniseries. Yes. That was the bit. I can't remember why we didn't do it. couple different reasons. Okay. Kept on getting kicked. It kept on getting kicked and it was officially canceled. Yeah. It's officially canceled. Yes. Or is it? But Ernest is yes. on the bracket. <laughs> sure. I guess. Ernest goes to March Madness? <laughs> um, number five. Uh-huh. Oh, no, sorry. Number four. Also new this week. Neo-noir horror. Neo-noir horror. Nine. If you've heard of this movie, I will be stunned. I don't know it myself. It's called... The Dark Creeping. Honestly, a solid guess. This Thank film you. stars Lou Diamond Phillips oh, and Michael T. Williamson. Directed movie. by Robert Resnikov. I can't remember why. Oh, because this movie foiled me on fucking box office game. It was a movie I never had heard of. And now I've heard of it once and I've already forgotten the title. What's it called? The film is called The First Power. Yes. Yes. I don't really know much else. I just know that I didn't know it. Um, number five at the box office is a thrilling action drama. Mm, okay. Geopolitical. Hmm. Based on a bestseller. Based on a best. It's not Pelican Brief? No. That wasn't it's, a bad no, guess? No, no, solid guess. Okay. But not that. Is it a Crichton? Nope. But is it that kind of name? Yes. But it's no, nor, neither Crichton nor Clancy. Nor Grisham? Nor Grisham. Oh, sorry. It is Clancy. It is Clancy. It's Clancy. (laughs) I meant to say neither. I meant to say Grisham. Fucker. Is it a Jack Ryan? Yes. It's Patrick Games? No. It's Clear and Present Danger? No. It's neither of those. Oh, it's Hunt for Red October? The Hunt for Red October. I always think that's early. 80s, but it's not. It's 1990. Starting off the decade with style. A fantastic film. Have you seen The Hunt for Red October? I I know the I know the like box 
Well, of course. Well, it's that red. I've, like, red as hell. Walked by a million times at Blockbuster, mm-hmm. but I, I just it didn't entice me. Look, if you have any thoughts, get them out here because you're never going to have another opportunity to talk about that movie. Well, I haven't seen it, so I, I yeah, guess all and I'll you say never is, will. I guess all I'll say is um, could have been redder. Sure. I love you to death is number six. Driving Miss Daisy, uh, best picture winner from last year, is still honking away at number seven. Uh, yep, good. Look, it's Hans Zimmer. Yeah, maybe he's good. Those Cynthia Hans Zimmer scores of the 80s. Uh, opening at number eight, a huge bomb is John Waters' Cry Baby. Oh, uh, yeah. Good movie. Yeah. Uh, number nine is something called Opportunity Knocks. That's a, What's that's that? a Carvey? It's a Carvey. That was a Carvey solo vehicle? Dana Carvey. Yeah. It's a Donald Petrie movie. Yeah. Con Man. Yes. Uh, I've never movie? seen it. It feels like just it, this by, feels like a Ben's choice that never say, happened. It's yeah. Not, it's it's only not a Ben's choice by the grace of God. The syndication deal struck out. Right. It ended up on the wrong channel. <laughs> it should have been a Ben's choice. Right. It was on Spike TV for some reason. Yeah. There's also another Dana solo movie called Clean Slate, where he's got like Short-term memory loss. Never heard of these fucking. Yeah, bit is he can't remember anything. Yeah, I've at least seen th- with yeah. Valeria Galino. I've seen this poster. Yeah, I remember my parents always telling me that they thought Opportunity Knox was good, but I I never never it good can't enough can't for them confirmed. to convince the me to rent it. But I'd be like walking up and down the comedy aisle looking for something, and they'd go like, Opportunity Knox is pretty good. People don't talk about it. it's pretty good. The film's original teaser trailer had Carvey introducing it as the church lady. That's yes. how yes. like desperate yes. they were to that just trailer cash in. Is insane. And then there were articles and the reviews at the time were like, we want to make this clear. The church lady is not in this movie. Um it's like yes. that Phantom of the Opera poster starring Robert Englund where they have Freddy Krueger. Right. Being like, I endorse this movie, bitch. <laughs> See it in your dreams or at the multiplex, bitch. Freddy is always funny. Terrible bitch, bitch man, though. More like a bitch man. Um, the thing about Opportunity Knox, which I've not seen, that makes the most sense uh-huh. is that Carvey's got the perfect guy to act opposite. You know, really easygoing guy. Really great, like same generation. <laughs> real, a real match for it's him. It's not Jack Palin. It's Robert Loja. Right, right. It's just like bizarre. I knew it was a grumpy old man. <laughs> yeah, I assume he's conning him or whatever. Yeah. Number ten, Joe versus the volcano is uh, that's the box office that week. So a lot of comedies that yeah. aren't going over. Yeah, you know, Ernest goes to jail is going over best. Right, but like I love you to death. Cry Baby, Opportunity Knocks, Joe vs. Vogue. These are all like weird comedies that aren't connected. Well, and you understand actually... Pretty Woman is connected. You understand Pretty Woman getting dumped into this period where you're like, Gear's kind of a star in the decline. Julie Very Roberts so. hasn't popped yet. That premise, who's going to go for that? He falls in love with... <laughs> record scratch. A sex worker with a heart of gold? Like on paper, that movie maybe seems... Not that different from the other whole insane thing with that movie where they like completely reworked what it was. Like, yes. you know, yeah. Anyway. Also, this insane thing they do where Richard Gere closed the jewelry box and she didn't know and her response is real. And that should be illegal. That, that wasn't be. planned. They didn't do that in rehearsals. Okay, so we this got has a, been um, post our uh, episode. Uh, yeah. On the building oh, uh, okay. board. Yeah. Um, any book of Casper the Friendly Ghost 
happy to buy or to borrow for the upcoming weekend from Fatma. Someone in our building wants to borrow accounts or buy Griff. I I honestly feel so embarrassed that I don't own one. I, I'll have you know though, Marie texted me last night to say I'm watching Casper. You were right. Right about what? Everything. <laughs> Truly everything. And that's been our episode. Please make sure to follow. Yup. I hope you're happy. I am happy. Make sure to tell your friends to follow the show. Write a review. Write a friggin' ass review. If you've never written a, never written a review, f- do it. Because I told fuck. you to. It helps with the show, okay? Remember to rate, bitch. <laughs> I want to thank personally mm. Marie Barty yeah. for our social media. Yeah. And having, as well as helping me to produce the show. Yeah, having good taste. Having good taste. Casper. I want to thank Alex Barron and AJ McKeon for editing and for everything else they do for the show. True. Big, big, big fans of those two guys. Being good friends. Yeah. And handsome men, too. Someone came to the fashion show and was like, does everyone who work on your show? Is everyone is everyone who works on blank check a fucking hunk? And the answer is C. Damn, who's that? I'll take my answer off mic. Okay. Uh, yeah, thanks to uh, Patrick Reynolds and Joe Bowen for our artwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to Lane Montgomery and the Great American Novel for our music. I'm going to request that for uh, the artwork for this, that uh, Pat put your face on every cast member rather than throwing David or I on any of them. You should be all seven. I agree. Yeah, characters on the box. And, you know, make sure Pat... That when you do it, you do it respectively. Respectively or respectfully? Both. 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 Coming up next week, we've got our episode on Hayao Miyazaki's new movie, The Boy and the Heron. And then the week after that, we're going to do Bradley Cooper's Maestro. David has seen it. I have seen it. David loves it. You love? I do love it. Yes. I'm very excited to see it. Do you have to like classical music? No, uh, no, it's not really, no, it's not really crucial. But you do like noses. That's well established on the history of this show. Should I hire a ensemble to play in the room while we record no. the episode? Yes. Not even like a French horn? Make a, make a posting on the building's website. <laughs> Does anyone know where I could borrow? If Are there any has, orchestras if in the building? If anyone has one in the building, it would be silly not to use. Them. Yeah, at least ask if there's any in the building. I don't know if I want outside. to start a precedent of like, if it's in the building, we have to use it. <laughs> it's in the building. I mean, David. <laughs> David. D- d- turn, turn off. Off now. Right? We're done, right? Well, yeah. And as always, uh-huh. Monopoly. Monopoly. <laughs>